RSN Carnival 10 Carnival 2 Digital Radio across Melbourne via the VFL app and WARFradio.com. This is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. I'm Peter Holden. Great to have your company for yet another week. And what a way to finish the Swiss Wellness VFL Premiership season. This is round 16. There are plenty of implications on the line for who can make it and who will not make it, depending on results today. We will explain all that in just a moment's time. But first of all, I'm going to introduce my match analyst for today. You've heard her right throughout the season from the Homescreen Sports Degree course. Of course, also writing for uh, AFL Outer Ranges or Outer East, is that? East. I was was close enough. It's great to have Elise Collette. Ali, how are you? Morning, Pete. Not too bad. Now, I might just get you to move your microphone just a little bit. How about, how's that sound now? Does that sound okay or? Yeah, I've got you a little bit louder. You see, you're very, you're very softly spoken. You've got to get, you've got to get aggressive for this country team. <laughs> How are you, Ali? Oh, uh, good, good. What a beautiful day to watch a good game of footy. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? And it's a bit similar to the conditions that we had last week by the rain that was coming later. Beautiful sunshiny day, not a cloud in the sky, temperature is fantastic, it's just the annoying breeze, and it's a strong breeze. Yeah, that's very true. It, it seems to have died down a little bit now, but if it picks up again, then um, it's going to provide a very interesting obstacle slash, what's the word I'm looking for, advantage? Indeed, depending on who wins the toss, and that and that essentially will come down. Because, believe it or not, the toss will actually have a lot to say on the outcome of not only this game but the uh, final six. And let me explain it. You ready, Ali, for the all the, the permutations? We've actually got standing by, and we'll be crossing to in about ten minutes. Callum O'Connor, who is going to be at Hawthorne versus Collingwood, because the result of that game has an effect on one of well, both of these sides today. And we'll explain in just a moment's time. Callum will be crossing over in about 10 minutes' time to preview the game. And at all breaks, we'll be chatting to him to find out what score, what is going on there. Before Melbourne Uni and Geelong, who are 6th and 7th, come into play, this is how it works out for today. Hawthorne and Collingwood are playing at 11.30. Collingwood are now second spot. They were top of the table for most of the year. They slipped up against Essendon last week. They rested a lot of their stars. And uh, therefore, on percentage, they've gone below the Southern Saints. So, for Collingwood to get back up top, they need to... A win in a big percentage would help, but a win, and mainly if if the Southern Saints lose, Collingwood take the minor premiership, and allegedly they will have a home final. That's still obviously to be decided, what the VFL come out and say, etc., because of how they want to do gated facilities and um, and obviously uh, the gate that they take for finals. So that's all very new, because we know grand final venues change this year, but... And let me digress on that. Collingwood are looking to win to get top of the table. The Southern Saints are looking to beat Richmond because if the Saints win, that pretty much guarantees them the minor premiership and top of the table and the boasting rights. And possibly also VFLW Coach of the Year mm. title. So that's something to consider as well because last year's minor premiers were Collingwood. Penny Keeler-Reed was the Coach of the Team of the Year. Mm. So what does it play out for Richmond and Hawthorne? Richmond is sitting in the better position. 
Richmond are sitting fourth at the moment. They are half a game clear of Hawthorne. And they are half, they are one game clear and percentage, small percentage of Melbourne University, but a significant percentage um, of Geelong. Just hold it there for a second. According oh, to this, well, they uh, they're not actually percentage clear, they're just a game clear. Just a game clear, that's what I'm saying, game and percentage, pardon me. Yep. Game and percentage, so game and percentage. Um, how this works out is, if Richmond today in this game against the Southern Saints, who are top of the table, if Richmond draw or win... It's locked in. Richmond are in the finals. It's just a question of where they're going to finish on the table. A uh, win will probably lock them into fourth spot and, and, a, and a date with the Bulldogs next week. Um, and depending on what happens at the bulldogs Darabin game, who finishes third, fourth, if there's going to be a home final, if they play at Northport, whatever. But it'll be a Bulldogs-Richmond final for third versus fourth. If Richmond lose today, these are the situations that Tiger fans need to be aware of. If Richmond lose... But Hawthorne lose. Regardless of the results of the Melbourne Uni-Geelong games, Richmond are safe. That is if Richmond lose and Hawthorne lose. So Hawthorne's the insurance policy. Hawthorne lose, you know, it's no sweat for the Tigers fans you're playing finals football. If Richmond lose today and Hawthorne win, then they're sweating on the results of Melbourne Uni and Geelong, those two games. Let me explain what happens. There's a big percentage gap at the moment. Um, I'm probably talking about 12, 13 goals between Richmond and Geelong. And you think, oh, you know, no sweat, they're safe. But Richmond were beaten by about six or seven goals last week by the Bulldogs. And Geelong had a comfortable six or so goal win against Williamstown. Richmond today, of course, are playing the top side while Geelong are playing the second-last side. Mm. The Geelong-Carlton game, mind you, for Richmond fans, will immediately follow our broadcast. We'll cross to there, and you'll hear the game courtesy of GoFooty.live on this channel, so you don't need to switch. So for Richmond fans, if you lose and Hawthorne win, then you're hoping for Geelong to either lose or Geelong to win but not win by much. So you sneak in on percentage. If... Richmond take a big percentage whack and Geelong win comfortably. Then for Tigers fans, it all comes down to Sunday. Melbourne University versus the NT Thunder. If Melbourne University win and their percentage is rather close to Richmond, then Melbourne Uni will go in. If Melbourne Uni lose, then Richmond survive. Mm. Against an NT Thunder side that's been smashed the last month or so, but... Did get a couple of Adelaide Crows players in Stevie Lee Thompson and Denny Van Hagen back into the side. Very handy inclusions. But Melbourne Uni is also near full strength, including Emma Carney playing in the side, because I think Melbourne Uni sense panic stations, we need to win. Mm. Now, so Tigers fans, that is how it works out for you. In, in a side note, if Richmond win, if Hawthorne win, then Melbourne Uni and Geelong, they're both on the same points. If they both win, then it's essentially Geelong have got to win by a stack load and hope Melbourne Uni lose or Melbourne Uni only win by a small, very small amount. So the season will be decided on the last game of the season, Melbourne Uni and Hawthorne tomorrow. You'll hear so Melbourne Uni NT Thunder, and you'll hear it live from Arden Street Oval, 11 a.m. right here on this very station, RSN Carnival 2, WRFradio.com and the VFL app. But yes, that is the permutations. I, hopefully your head hasn't exploded, Ali Kalen, <laughs> with all that information. Uh, gotta love an interesting final round, and, and yeah, it just makes things interesting and not not very many um, dead rubbers. 
And if you think that it's tight, um, let me just remind people, if, if they actually go to our website, warfradio.com, and click on memorable matches, they'll find our number one rated most memorable match. And it was a similar scenario to what we're sitting in right now four years ago, which was um, it was a top, four, a top four system. So it's three, four, and five hadn't been locked down. Uh, fifth was playing third, fourth was playing second. Um, St Kilda and the Eastern Devils. Eastern Devils started the day in third. The St Kilda Sharks were three goals down on their home deck in the final quarter, came back to win it by under a kick. And that put the Devils in a precarious position where they needed the second place Diamond Creek to win. And Melbourne Uni beat Diamond Creek by one point, including a missed shot at goal from 20 metres out by Diamond Creek with 60 seconds to play. Oh, that missed shot at goal kept Melbourne Uni in the finals and sent the Eastern Devils out in a space of, from final siren to that final siren, their season completely changed in 60 seconds. Mm, that's what can happen sometimes. That, what's that saying? Strange things can happen in footy sometimes? <laughs> yeah, and they do, and they do. So that is, the, we are essentially set for an absolute thriller. So again, we'll be crossing the Callum O'Connor very shortly. He'll paint the picture of what's happening at Box Hill City Oval. And of course, we'll be calling this game Southern Saints and Richmond. Then we'll be crossing at... 1.50, so about two minutes after the final siren, we'll be partway through the final, through the first quarter, rather, when we go to Geelong and Carlton. So people will be able to hear the results of that game, which will have an effect on those uh, respective sides. Should mention for Hawthorne fans, just quietly, if Richmond win today uh, and Hawthorne, or actually even if Richmond lose, if Hawthorne lose today, then Hawthorne are sweating because they need either Melbourne Uni or Geelong to lose because they've only got a half-game lead. Mm, and Hawthorne are playing the second side in Collingwood. <laughs> that don't help. That mm. don't help. And the Hawthorne Swamp, Indeed. I think we've seen it, has been patchy at best. Yeah, very true. And, yeah, I would would not um, be an easy day being a Hawk supporter today. Let me explain to you, Elise Collette, so, how the Tigers are taking this game seriously today. Um, they've got back in uh, a lot of their stars, including, let me go off the top, Jess Kennedy, the captain as always, Phoebe Monaghan's in there. Katie Brennan has been called back. Mm, she she is absolutely crucial. Last time I had the um, fort, was fortunate enough to watch Richmond, uh, she was absolutely brilliant. And, yeah, she's going to be an absolutely crucial component today. They're also stacking the side with Monique Conti. Mm, again, very, very crucial component. Sabrina Frederick, Laura Bailey. Uh, also throw in there the um, the likes of uh, Akimakua Chowd, who's had a- AFLW experience, has been playing most of the year. Um, Maddie Baron catasano in the side. Elise Edmonds is going to be rucking them. Rebecca Miller's had a great season. Up there in the goal-kicking list is Taylor Stahl. It, they've virtually just gone, right, we're putting the chips down. We know the situation. Got to win to avoid the sweat. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Peter Searle and the uh, Southern States coaches are definitely going to have to have done their homework pre-game. Otherwise, yeah, going to be a um, very tough challenge for them. What we're going to do is we're going to take this opportunity to take a very quick break here at RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. When we return on the other side of this break, we're going to be speaking with Callum O'Connor. He's at Box Hill City Oval, and he'll be describing the scene before the 11.30 bounce of Hawthorne versus Collingwood. Another game that has a big say on how the final six is going to finish right here on the home of women's football. (laughs) 
pregame for leaguetees.com.au. Footy's greats and sometimes not so greats. Tell us about the very first time they walked onto a footy field to play their first ever AFL VFL game. When someone tells you you play your first game again that moment, nothing but joy. Now that's our ripping new podcast. You can always tell them you played one game. I rang Dad and said, listen, no, I got my first senior game, but I don't know what to do because they've got me picked in a back pocket. This is Kevin Hillier. Paul Daffy and I releasing a new episode every Tuesday. Everyone came down from Benio to watch me play. David Park and rang me and said, we've decided to leave you out because you're just too skinny and too thin and, and you're going to get battered around. You can always tell them you played one game. Check the podcast page at rsn.net.au as well as iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast and wherever good podcasts are found. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. The smell of baking. Routley's Bakery is so good. Why not grab a Routley's slice to go with your coffee? Make it a classic apple slice, a bee sting, or a vanilla slice. That's absolute custard heaven. You can make a move on a muffin or go all the way and bite into a wicked Nutella donut. Routley's Bakery's right across Geelong, as well as Eltona, Newport, Williamstown, and Ascot Vale. Fancy a Routley's pie? Of course you do. Inside Racing, the official magazine of Racing Victoria and Australia's best monthly racing information source. Inside the August issue, Danny Power previews the spring without winks with the new names to watch. Matt Ellis takes us inside the Apprentice Jockey Training Program and Tim Gill goes one-on-one with Sam Friedman. Plus the industry section featuring the conditions for the major spring races. Subscribe to Inside Racing, call customer first 1300 139 401 for advertising 1300 783 112. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it, and we're just like you in every other way. So visit Tourette's.org.au. RSN 927 conducts competitions almost every day. Every contest is run according to our general competition rules. There are even competitions which have specific terms and conditions. If you would like to read our general competition rules or any special terms and conditions, look for the links on the competitions page at rsn.net.au or ask for a copy during business hours at the RSN 927 reception desk. Daniel Hufford leads the Breakfast Club. Monday mornings, Rodney E joins the Breakfast Club reviewing all the weekend's footy. Rodney E, he's the Monday analyst, back this Monday morning from 7 to 8 on RSN 927's Breakfast Club. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au 
or SN Carnival 2. Past 11 at Trevor Barker Beach Oval in Sandringham. This is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. The Southern Saints and Richmond, one of the two crucial games, one of the crucial games that is on happening today. Three crucial games underway, I should mention. Tomorrow, Melbourne University and NT Thunder all having a say on who is going to finish in the top six. The most critical game, possibly, is the Collingwood Hawthorne game, which will decide possibly who will be minor premiers and if Hawthorne will stay in the six. And that gives us a very op- good opportunity to go across to our man who's going to be at Box Hill City Oval today, covering the game from the 11.30 bounce. It's Callum O'Connor. Callum, how are you? Morning, Pete. How's the oval looking? I tell you what, the oval is looking an absolutely beautiful nick here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. The sun is shining, not a cloud in the sky. It's just the gale that is blowing to the Sort Goal end. Uh, mate, if you've ever seen a game at Trevor Barker that wasn't blowing a gale, call me, because I sure as hell never. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least it's not wet, windy and rain. Otherwise, that'd be known as Weemstown. Well, yeah, you can have you can have one leg of the trifecta or three, but you don't get none. <laughs> That's fair enough. Let's talk about the game that you're going to be at today: uh, Hawthorne versus Collingwood, uh, the VFL video stream game as well. Um, the minor premiers looking to go back to back, minor premiers, and the reigning premiers looking to stay alive to go back to back. Yeah, so obviously it's a massive final shaper. Hawks uh, needing to needing to win need to win because the muggers and the cats are both snapping at their heels but the Pies haven't really done many favours they've named a very very strong lineup. they really want that home final um, Morning Callum um, wh- which way are you expecting the game to go today? Uh, so I- I'm expecting Collingwood to win um, I-, I watched them last week when they uh, didn't feel-, feel the full side against Essendon, look they were fantastic I definitely saw the experience picked up uh, by players like Bunkley or and Bucks, just uh, get, getting a bit more case in their legs and having a bit more responsibility, I think they'll be better for the run. I'm interested to see how they play today. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think with these players that have been rested because other sides were taking the opportunity for the AFLW stars to be rested when they either A had the bye or B were playing the GWS Giants. Collingwood took the interesting model of playing the AFLW players against the GWS Giants in that invitational game and resting them last week. How do you think they'll come back off their, I guess, mini-buy for those players coming straight into a hot game in the final round? There's no doubt that the players they're bringing back in. So Lambert, who's not only been quite possibly the most uh, dangerous forward in uh, VFL Women's this year, but has also got the uh, leading goal kicker award to play for. Malloy, I think uh, Penny... uh, Clifford, uh, sorry, Penny Coolery can use her anywhere she sees fit. These are the players who are going to come back in. It's going to be going to be headaches for the Hawks to try to curb their influence. And the Hawks have been very inconsistent with their form throughout the year. There's been patches of brilliance and patches of meh, to put it politely. Um, they're Frankenstein's side. What Hawthorne seems going to show up today? Oh, look, if they don't have enough motivation today, they never will have enough motivation because they've got finals to play for. They've got um, players who've been impressive this year who aren't yet on AFL women's sides who have the chance to win today and then uh, prove themselves on the big stage come finals. So they're going to throw everything at it. And I, I really, really do hope that they uh, make it through the finals because the Hawks play a good brand of footy and uh, if they're in finals, it's going to be good to watch.
And, of course, these sides have a, a little bit of heat between them because it was around this time last year they actually played in the major semi-final when Hawthorne sprung the surprise and set up the road to the Pies going out in straight sets. Uh, they did indeed. Look, look, Hawthorne in the finals uh, really did play their hand beautifully. They timed their run. They were going just into peak form as they uh, rounded out the uh, pointy end of the season. Look, they're not quite in that sort of form at the moment, and they're a long way off uh, being the dominant side of the competition as they were in 2018. But curiously, look, most of the uh, cattle who was there last year is still there, and that means that uh, the old heads and the uh, young ones trying to make a name for themselves are still there in 2019. Um, I guess from a from a Hawks perspective, uh, more uh, more specifically, who do you reckon will need to stand up and to make sure that they um, they get through? Um, look, I, I suppose one of their most important players because she's so versatile is uh, Baz Pereira. She's um, this will be her third year uh, at Box Hill City Oval. Of course, she was there in the inaugural season when they were playing for Box Hill, and she's uh, had. A very good couple of years, including the best on ground in the grand final last year. But her versatility and uh, the, the way she can impact contested possessions, win the hard ball and then use it on the outside makes her perhaps the most important player for the Hawks. I'll also be keeping an eye on Jordan Membry, who, um, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't pay her a lot of attention during her first two years on AFL list. But a couple of weeks back, uh, I watched um, the Hawks match against Casey and she was just a revelation. She's uh, really fast, knows how to use her pace and work really hard, and backs herself in when she's got the ball in hand. So she, uh, I don't like the expression X factor, but uh, she'll be one that I'm sure Paddy Hill will be uh, keen to utilise uh, come 11.30. Well, Callum, thanks very much for joining us here at uh, Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival for our VFLW Match of the Day. We look forward to catching up with you in about 20 minutes or so when you give us the first quarter scores between the Hawks and the Pies. I look forward to it, team. Good luck. Thank you very much to Callum O'Connor there joining us on the line. We'll be chatting to him in about 20-odd minutes' time, but it's quarter time there. Um, As you heard, he's up and about, everyone's up and about incredibly hard to judge this game about who's going to win. Again, it's what Hawthorne side shows up, how the AFLW players of Collingwood react after coming off their break, because uh, they played Essen last week. A lot of them were rested. Are they? Did the rest do them good, or did it upset the mojo? Um, th- there's a lot of question marks coming into this game, and um, by the time it hits the final quarter there, depending on what's happening out in this game, a lot of people could be very interested in that result. Yeah, absolutely. And um, speaking of results, I, I've got a, a quick update here from the Essendon-Williamstown game that yep. started about half an hour ago. Uh, Essendon three straight 18 to Williamstown, one behind. Yeah, Essendon out of the blocks. And it's it's a bit funny with the Bombers, isn't it? If what their attitude would have been like if uh, they'd beaten the Southern Saints, that game that we called them, mm. um, which they were leading by 20-odd points at one stage. Um, a, that would have been, you know, virtually damaged the Southern Saints' hopes of a minor premiership. But if they'd beaten the Southern Saints that day, what their attitude would have been like coming up against the Bulldogs? It would have been a changed attitude. Maybe it was flat that saw them get beat by the Bulldogs comfortably at Witten Oval a couple of weeks ago. But if they beaten the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago, they would have actually been coming into this round with, OK, they're a long shot, but they're a mathematical chance. But, of course, their percentage is uh, very, very weak. Or even, I was just looking at the ladder here, even if they'd ju- beaten the Southern Saints only and 
disregarding the Bulldogs result completely. They've been on six wins coming into today. And then if somehow um, Hawthorne, the Muggers well, they need, uh, and Geelong all lost. They need the they Muggers could, and Geelong to both lose. Yeah, and or Hawthorne as well, um, depending on percentage, um, they could have they could have been in it. Yeah, but. well, yeah, the thing would have been um, uh, not a big loss against the Bulldogs to damage their percentage. Mm. And, okay, they would have came in at maybe 110%, and you go, oh, geez, that's not much. And then you go, but they're playing the bottom side. Then mm. you go, okay. <laughs> and if you think, just look at it now, Geelong's percentage is currently 187 and Hawthorne's is 156 so the, the, the Hawthorne percentage, of course, will not matter uh, mm. at the, as as it sits at the moment because of uh, they are half a game ahead. The only way it will matter, and this is where we get out the calculators again, folks, if Hawthorne and Collingwood draw. Mm. If Hawthorne and Collingwood draw, then, uh-oh, <laughs> start getting, get out your fingers and toes and start counting people, you know, <laughs> oh, who, who survives and by how much. That is another permutation we have to consider about everything oh, that could geez. happen in oh, this geez. final round. It's nuts. Yep. You can say that again. So we don't have to worry about a tip for, for Essendon and Winstown because the game is underway. We both believe that Essendon will probably win that game and win comfortably. We'll talk about Essendon's season in just a moment's time. But let's get the tip for the game that is about to start. Hawthorne and Collingwood. Who wins it? That's a tough one. I'm going to give it to the Pies. Because Hawthorne have, as we were saying before, they have been a little bit inconsistent, a little bit patchy. But... Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's also a very close game. My gut says Hawthorne's horn's being patchy, but maybe they pull this one out. Mm. Maybe this... I reckon the Hawks win by 10 points. I think they get knocked out in the first week of the finals, but I think for this particular day, I think they find something. And for the Pies, I'm not saying that they're not trying to win, but I think they're in a position of they're more concerned about let's just make sure there's not any injuries they know regardless of what happens they are playing the Saints next week in the first week of the finals it's a case of there's bigger fish to fry get through the game yeah you raise a good point there um there's no way that they're going to drop out of the top two so I yeah I guess yeah Hawthorne have got a lot more to play for which yeah which makes uh things a little bit interesting yeah, indeed. And, and it's a bit like we're talking, um, actually, as part of our midweek show, Women's Australian Football on RSN Carnival on its main channel, 6pm Wednesday nights. There's a plug. We're actually chatting with um, Laura Adard, former Diamond Creek footballer, former Carlton footballer, who's now playing at Bond University in Queensland. We're talking about how they're playing Cooper in the grand final. Cooper have come from fourth to take... To, to meet the top side, Bond University, in the grand final. But Cooper have been in many grand finals, Bond University's first, and they actually met in the final round. Um, and when they met in the final round of the home and away season, sides five and six could have actually snuck into fourth spot. And sides five and six both created upsets. But the fourth place, Cooper Roo, created its own upset and beat the top side, Bond University, to make it. Mm. By three points, mind you. But as we spoke to Laura, and she probably you know half agreed, which was that both sides had a very different attitude coming into the game. Not like Bond University weren't trying to win, but it's a case of just get through the game. Everyone's fit. Everyone's okay. There's a major semi-final next week. Just get through. They said they were trying to win, but for Cooper, it was more, this is desperation. This is, we are behind. We need to win 
to survive or there's no finals. Mm. So, so Hawthorne in a very similar situation. I should add, though, as much as I writ Hawthorne, Hawthorne off for trying to make the finals, then win four weeks in a row to win the Premiership, Cooper Roo, I came behind in that final round game. They were down at half-time in their elimination final and won. They were down at half-time in the preliminary final last week, got up and won. Three weeks in a row, they've been behind and got up and won. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So, um, yeah, so, some sides like being the underdog. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, some sides like to do it the hard way. But, um, but yes, for, for Hawthorne, obviously, all eyes are what's happening there. At about 11.50, we'll be crossing again to Calum O'Connor. It'll be quarter time there at Box Hill City Oval to let everyone know the results of that game. Um, as we continue our look through the uh, VFLW competition for round 16, we should mention the KC Demons are the only side not playing this season. Has finished. They had the bye. Because if you look on the ladder and they go, oh, they're only one win out. Oh, that's right. They played all their games. So they yeah. cannot make it. Sorry, as a Melbourne supporter, I know <laughs> that you are. But, uh, good. At least they were a chance of making finals. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Darabin versus the Western Bulldogs is uh, being played today at uh, La Trobe University. Bounce down at 12pm for the Darabin Falcons. is the question you raised last week uh, with Michael Erickson going, geez, if they'd only had an extended season, mm. it, it, that, that they may have been a shout. Mind you, they lost to Carlton last week, which they'll be very disappointed with. Abby McKay getting those two goals to put Carlton ahead. A lot of scoring opportunities that they put to waste. Darabin, again, that young side without much AFLW talent, they're grinding out well. They're, they're doing okay, considering where they were at the start of the year, where we thought, uh-oh, they're going to be in the basement. Mm, yeah, and it's been interesting to watch Darabin this year and see see the, the young, well, young slash inexperienced players emerging. Someone like Erin McLaughlin, just, uh, one name that I'll throw out there, she's impressed me quite a bit this year. She's been very, a uh, very good second Ruckman slash first Ruckman, depending on um, if Lauren Pierce has been playing. And Pierce, of course, has been rested for the rest of the year due to a uh, injury very concern. True. Minor, very minor, but they taking caution. Yes, and as as you alluded, I am a D supporter, and uh, we need we need her badly in the um, AFLW season. So, yeah, rest her rest her now and get her right for February. For the Western Bulldogs, they've they've hit form at the right time. They smashed Essendon a couple of weeks ago. They come up against Richmond, decide that they will meet, well, most likely will meet next week um, if results go the way of the favourites. Um, the Western Bulldogs just put Richmond to the sword last week in a big way, um, including the it, it, our very own. We're calling it our very own. Wolf Radio's very own. Um, Danny Marshall, we're on the bandwagon, the first American to sign an AFLW contract. Danny Marshall... Three goals. Nice. Including not only a scoop a scoop and quick snap, but also a contested mark in the goal square. Just jumping high in the air, hip and shoulder, classic style. And you just go, gee, she's going well. The Bulldogs are going well. They're humming very nicely. They're almost like how Hawthorne were last year, humming very nicely at the right end of the season. It's that, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like... Sneaky, sneaky assassin, like just sneaks under the radar a bit. And hmm. what what is very curious, though, of course, is how the Western Bulldogs are going so well. Maybe you're going to have a tilt at a VFLW Premiership to build up some momentum for AFLW 2020, and no one officially still knows who the coach is. <laughs> that that is a good point. 
wonder who it will be. My, my speculation has been um, who the coach is for the Western Bulldogs in the uh, yeah, for 2020. As much as I've been throwing up names like Jane Lang, I think is a very good candidate. Beck Goddard, I think is a very good candidate. Patrick Hill, last year's Premiership coach, a very good candidate. Uh, there'll be other names uh, thrown around there. I have, and mind you, I'm going to put this out there as a theory. This is a theory only. This is not me whispering in people's ear and hearing whispers back. And you know, what's the only little thing I saw online once was someone just tweeting saying that the word out of the Bulldogs is it's a new female coach that's that's taken the reins. My my inkling is, and this is just a theory, purely a theory and speculation only. It might be Penny Reed. Mm. Collingwood VFLW coach. And what what makes me think that is, if they had already knew... Because, A, they didn't advertise. Um, I found out from one coach that was semi-interested in the role that they didn't they didn't advertise because they were semi-interested in throwing the hat in the ring. Um, but they go, okay, it hasn't been advertised, so they're not, they haven't been knocking on any doors or trying to force any friendships of, hey! So they go, it looks like they know who they want. And the reason I speculate Penny is... If they'd already knew who the coach was and the coach had been appointed, considering we're less than two months away from the draft, they would have announced it now. So therefore that coach could, a bit like Stephen Simons at um, Collingwood at the moment as it is, because he'll be taking over the AFLW program, he's kind of overlooking a few things that Penny's doing and just observing and actually coach that invitational game against GWS to get a feel for things ready to roll for 2020. If that coach wasn't a head coach of another side underway right now, they would have announced it because that coach would have said straight away, yep, I'm dropping everything at the other team. I'm coming over now. Let's get to work. Mm. The reason why I think it might be Penny is because if... It, let's say, for example, if I thought it was Patrick Hill. If it was Patrick Hill as, as the coach, I would have thought they would have said, okay, it's going to be Patty Hill. Okay, he's at another AFL club but it's an AFL club that doesn't have an AFLW side. So there's technically no... It would be no sweat from Hawthorne to say, OK, that's fine. You can see out the season here. See out to see if we win a premiership or not. Then go to the Bulldogs. Thanks very much. Because there's no trade secrets or anything really to tell because they don't have an AFLW side, as it, as it speaks. But because Collingwood do have an AFLW side, like the Bulldogs, there would be that thing of if we said... If they have... And again, it's all speculation... They have signed Pinnacle Reed. They would be going. Oh, if they announced it now, then Collingwood would go. Okay, we know you want to coach it through to the Premiership, but considering it's our FLW program involved, and you're going to be coaching against us now, sorry, you've got to you've got to leave. Mm-hmm. We need someone else to take over. So by the Bulldogs, if they have, and this is again all speculation, if they have signed Penny by keeping it, shh, let's keep it hush. Wink and a nod. Yep, you've signed. It allows to, okay, you can coach through, you can take it through as far as Collingwood will go in the finals, and once that is done, then, hey, hey, here's our new coach. So um, that that is that is the only reason why it's leading to my speculation, again, pure speculation, that she might be the Bulldogs' new coach. It's a, it's a good theory, and even if they haven't signed her and, they, and the Pies do win the flag, that just adds a, adds a few things to the resume and makes her even more of an enticing option. Because when you consider that she was uh, last year the coach of the year uh, for being minor premiers, albeit they went out in the final straight sets, didn't help that Chloe Malloy went down with an injury in the first quarter, that hurt. Um, also that 
prior to last week, if they would have signed her, they were top of the table again. So if you're taking someone to a, at least a top two position two years in a row, that says you can coach. So, mm. But mind you, if I'm completely wrong on this, then <laughs> that, that deserves to be played. At least, at least your speculation is backed up with evidence and theory and all well, that. Well, some reason behind yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's not just pure, hey, you know, I thought such and such having a drink at a bar with such and such, and yeah, that means that this is going on. Um, yeah, that's just by trying to put a few things together going, well, if they haven't done this, then this equals that. So, but again, you know, they could come up with a completely different name from a completely different state, but um, yeah, my gut kind of leans that way. And knowing that Debbie Lee is also behind the scenes and how, you know, deeply involved she's been in women's football for eons, for years. Mm. You know, she knows and she would have coached or played along with Penny in the state sides and would have known of her thinking she would be an excellent judge of character to say, this is the person we want. And knowing that she'd be trying to hopefully push someone that's been involved in the women's footy circle for years as well, Mm. push them along to say, here's your opportunity, go. Mm. And but. Um, one name you threw up earlier, uh, Jane Lang. Is she coaching at is any she, state at state level at all? Assistant coaching at the moment at Darabin. Oh, okay. So, which which is yeah, I saw her there and I'm going, hey, what's she, what's she doing here at Darabin? Because uh, I still think I still believe she's assistant coaching at Melbourne. So yeah, as far as I'm aware, she is. So unless she's just a case of being at Darren's old club and can kind of also keep an o- uh, an oversight on the likes of Aliso Day and Lauren Pierce, etc to go, okay, making sure that they're running around fine and they're doing everything from Melbourne's point of view mm. at Darabin. So, because that, again, is one of the other names I would have brought up. My gut was, because Jane was in an assistant coaching role, if Jane Lang had got the gig, Jane's name would have been called out straight away because Darabin can't make finals, so no harm. Um, and because she's not in a head coaching role... Um, the, the the reason why I thought Jane um, a few weeks ago, I thought, well, uh, she was at Melbourne uh, briefly when Debbie Lee was there, just she was passing out. But when Debbie Lee was getting the exhibition games up and running, Jane Lang was assistant coaching the Bulldogs during the exhibition games, including being assistant coach to Craig Startovich. So you go, well, Jane Lang's been assistant coach at the Bulldogs, assistant coach at Carlton, assistant coach at Melbourne, coached back-to-back premierships with Darabin after taking over from Richard Delpos and played in a number of premierships herself. So it's like, she's got the resume. Mm. No question about that. She's got the resume to back it up. So my speculation originally was when the Bulldogs gig was up for grabs, I'd go, Jane Lang's the one they want. But... Considering the time that has now gone past without an announcement, I'm now thinking if it's Jane Lane, they would have said it by now. They would have said it by now. But considering they haven't, that makes makes me go to the speculation that it's a head coach. That's the only reason why they've announced it. It's a head coach that's involved in finals. That's interesting to see which way it does go. You're listening to RSN Carnival 2, WARFradio.com and the VFL app. I know we're talking about the Bulldogs coaching, but we are actually at the Southern Saints and Richmond game. Uh, we're not too far away from bounce down at 12 o'clock. In about 10 minutes' time, we'll be crossing to Callum O'Connor at Box Hill City Oval for an update for Hawthorne versus Collingwood. Ali, I might actually get you to just check on the scores from Windy Hill. Uh, Essendon are playing. Weemstown Essendon currently at the moment sitting ninth on the table up against Weemstown, who are sitting last, and regardless of the result today will take home the wooden spoon. How's it looking there at Windy Hill? Oh, things are just getting going from bad to worse for the Seagulls. Um, Essendon 5-2-32. 
Williamstown score has not changed. Still the one behind. Yes, indeed. It's been a pretty sorry old season for Williamstown. Williamstown had a bad start last year, but they came home with a couple of wins, including a big win over Melbourne Uni at Melbourne Uni, um, you know, which had things on a positive step. But to consider the talent that they lost, the AFLW talent, which were essentially North Melbourne AFLW players kind of staying at a neutral club while it was all being sorted out that they were going to North, um, because they haven't had that class, Mo Hope, Alicia Newman, that's essentially it. Um, they have struggled, and I would be thinking during the off-season, they've got to kind of open up the checkbook and, and get some players. Otherwise, they'll be looking at another dark season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's have a look at other games that are being played today before we focus on the Southern Saints and Richmond. Geelong and Carlton is being played at GMHBA Stadium. This is going to be a curtain raiser to the AFL men's match, which is being played as a twilight game. Um, this game gets underway at 1.45. Now, we should point out, it, it'll be broadcast by GoFooty.Live and we'll be simulcasting it on WARFradio.com. We'll be picking up the broadcast of that game about five to six minutes into the first quarter. So you will miss the first few minutes because this game is scheduled to finish about 148, 149. So you will miss the first five or six minutes. Then we'll cross over early stages of the first quarter to the Geelong versus Carlton game because, as we mentioned earlier, for essentially this to be a live... Technically, Geelong could get in if they lose, but it'd be incredibly impossible and it needs a whole stack load of things to go right their way. But we're essentially looking for Geelong to win and if Geelong to win, by how much? Mm, uh, plen- plenty looking at these um, these percentages here. and uh, I think uh, who they got on the side, um, I'm thinking you've got Melissa Hickey and the Rocky Cranston. They've got, they're, they're brought in, particularly at the back end of the season, they brought in some of their big guns. Um, it didn't quite work for them against Melbourne Uni in horrendous conditions at Deakin Uni that day when it bucketed down rain. Against Weemstown last week, um, we are talking about that game. Um, Weemstown held Geelong pretty tight for the first quarter and a half until finally, come the second half, Geelong broke the shackles. And Carlton, you saw last week, Carlton is not easy to shake. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, they're going to have to try and try and get a good start. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to be an interesting afternoon. Absolutely. Geelong and Carlton coming up uh, on uh, RSN Carnival 2 and WAIFradio.com at the conclusion of this match. And then, of course, the final game of the round... Melbourne University and NT Thunder. This is the standalone Sunday game. It is the only game on Sunday. It's at Arden Street Oval. We'll be there 11am for the 12pm bounce. Um, a few interesting things to come out of that game. Obviously, if Geelong win, then Melbourne University need to win. Uh, so that then turns it on, you know, a must for them. Up against a weak NT Thunder side who do get Stevie Lee Thompson back and Danny Van Hagen, Adelaide Crowers players. And, and maybe pe- people will be coming down there not only to see if Melbourne Uni gets into the finals, so there'll be, and maybe one side will be looking what their fate's going to be. We'll be coming down to watch that game. But a chance for some players to come down as well from the other VFLW clubs to watch, I don't know, maybe the last NT Thunder game in the VFLW. Mm. Because we do mention that the NT Thunder, and this is how things get a little bit complicated. The Adelaide Crows, for the first three seasons of the AFLW, had a partnership with AFLNT, and that was a certain number of players would be drafted, and that they had exclusive access to the NT pool. They would be drafted to the Adelaide Crows, and there would be a training base. So there'd be a training base in Darwin, a training base in Adelaide. So it was always a split squad, and they had that exclusive access to the players that nominated for that SANT pool. Now, the AFL have said that partnership 
is now coming into an end. So the end, so even though if, if you're an NT player that's currently signed with Adelaide, you will still stay with Adelaide. Some will move to Adelaide. I think there might be one or two that might stay in Darwin. They're going to figure something out around that. There has been now speculation that for the men's and both the women's that NT or at least Darwin will now become an exclusive zone to the Gold Coast Suns as yeah. of next year. Okay. So if that happens, if the N- if the NT players link up with the Gold Coast Suns, because the NT Thunder have Adelaide Crows players in their side, I don't think that'll continue on for the VFLW. Hmm. So do the Gold Coast Suns with the NT Thunder play in the VFLW? Or do they get told, no, you're going to play against the Brisbane Lions or there'll be a separate NT Thunderside and GWS and there'll be a four-game kneeful or something like that. Um, so, yeah, that there's I, I'd say there's no guarantees that the NT Thunder will be back next year in the VFLW. That throws an interesting spanner in the works. And does that mean that it'll drop back down to a nice even number of sides in the comp if the Thunder do leave? Yes, if, if the Thunder left the competition... And barring any other sides leaving the competition or any sides joining in, um, that would then leave a 12-team competition. Now, the reason why I say maybe, if, don't know, consider this little wild card in there. North Melbourne have a partnership at the moment with Tasmania. A couple of Tasmanian players play for North Melbourne occasionally in the side. They're hoping, at least on the men's side of the equation that Tasmania will be, by about 2021, 2022, will be fielding a Tasmanian Devils VFL men's side. I believe if that happens, there could be an argument or could be a case in a soon time frame that you may go, well, if we're going to send the men over, we'll send the women over as well. I was reading during the week that about speculation that... North Melbourne and Hawthorne will stop playing games in Tassie to get ready for Tassie to be an AFL side. Mm. So if they're going to do it at a, a VFL level as well, that would make sense to... Interesting. And, and the thing would be similar to the NT Thunder partnership, why originally the, the case was for NT Thunder to come in, not to give game time at Lake Crows players, it was more to, to, to bring the Darwin talent up to VFL standard. You can only do it with the North or Melbourne Uni partnership. You can only do like a handful of players at a time. And mm. their, and their thing to accelerate growth in Tasmania might be if we put a full Tassie side in, at least they're playing regular games week in, week out. And if you're going to fly over the Tassie men, there could be the argument of, well, if you're going to pay for, you know, almost half a plane, you might as well make it a full plane and just, yeah. you know, and send, and send over the women as well so they can play double headers here or there. So... It's it's something to keep an eye on. I, I reckon watch this space. Nothing nothing official. Again, this is like the Benny Gillarig coaching appointment. This is completely pure speculation. But I would not be surprised if we do see a Tassie standalone women's side in the VFLW at some stage in the near future. And just another thought that's crossed my mind. Where have, where did, will Darabin and the Muggers sit? Because a couple of years ago we had... Devils, Sharks, and Creekers drop out. Will Darabin and Melbourne Uni last however long into the future? That is a very good question. But you do have like standalone men's sides, and that, of course, is the likes of um, um, the likes of uh, Port Melbourne, Coburg, for examples. Um, Sandringham wants to be a standalone side. At the moment they're paired with the St Kilda. Frankston's a standalone side. Werribee's a standalone side. So there are standalone teams in the competition. So. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, that is um, that is something to consider if Tassie will have their own women's side in the VFLW. Let's go across to Box Hill City Oval. Hawthorne and Collingwood underway. I think we're nearing quarter time. Callum O'Connor should be on the line. Callum, uh, Box Hill City Oval, the big game, Hawks and Collingwood. How's it looking? Well, that siren has just gone, and it's the Hawks uh, one two to one straight. However, the Pies are definitely the winner of the quarter for mine because they were kicking with a pretty stiff breeze, and a late goal of Matty Shevlin just in the dying stages uh, really hurt the Hawks. So they've uh, had most of the quarter, uh, and they definitely uh, structured hoping to uh, get bleeds of goals because they had Hutchins, Luke, um, Williams, Perkins, and Pereira in the four line at one stage which represents the majority of their uh, their vets but uh, yes Perkins got a beauty from 60 to carry deals with the win but apart from that uh, no real damage inflicted on the pies so they've uh, done very well kicking into the wind so yeah with Perkins uh, sorry pardon me with Hutchins and even Pereira going up for this suggests Hawthorne are going for broke uh, absolutely. I got to say, the Pies have also structured accordingly into the win. They had Jamie Lambert and Rick Benici in the engine room for the whole quarter. I expect Lambert will now go into the forward line as they've got a few more purchase on their shots. Well, Callum, thanks very much for that, and we look forward to catching up with you in about 20, 25 minutes to find out the halftime scores. Good you, Pete. Callum O'Connor there at Box Hill City Oval, as you heard. Two points in it, Hawthorne leading by two, but Collingwood... Winners of the quarter kicking into a stiff breeze. Mm, very, very, um, excuse me, um, very um, interesting situation. I was expecting that game to be a close affair and... Turning out yeah. to be so far. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here at, uh, at six minutes to 12 when we return on the other side of the break. It'll be the bounce down, the Southern Saints and Richmond. The Saints are looking to claim the minor premiership. The Richmond Tigers are looking to stay in the top six. Pre-game for leaguetees.com.au The verdict. I'm with Michael. I think Mystic Journey, I'm not really au fait so much with uh, Tiako Shark. Very few horses win seven straight. As a three-year-old, she beat the older gallopers, well, and that was a top quality race. When you haven't got a mega star like wins, I think what you do is you, it heightens your interest in the three-year-olds. The verdict. Nine till ten, Monday mornings. Part of Monday's Racing Pulse on RSN. Nine to seven. For OTI Racing, where sport and lifestyle collide. Find out more at oti.com.au. Being a teenager today can feel more complicated than ever. Mission Australia's youth survey found the top three concerns facing young people are coping with stress, school or study problems, and mental health. By accessing the right support early, every young Australian can reach their full potential. So if you know a young person who's struggling, get alongside them and help them connect to local support services. For service information and to get involved, go to missionaustralia.com.au. 69. The number of cancer-causing chemicals in tobacco smoke. 16. The number of places in your body that smoking causes cancer, including the bladder, bowel, liver and pancreas. 1 in 5. The number of all cancers caused by smoking. 1. The number of clear ways you have to reduce your risk if you're a smoker. Call Quitline 137848 or go to quit.org.au. 
Would you like a life by the beach? Make the sea change to Port Arlington Village. Just 200 metres from the water, just 400 metres from the golf club. It's quality beach living for the over 55s. Living in your own new home in the Port Arlington Township with a clubhouse, pool, gym and more. The best of the Bellarine right at your feet and Geelong just 30 minutes away. Don't leave it too late. Inspect the new homes now and see where beach life begins. See portarlingtonvillage.com.au WorkSafe's advisory services now open longer. To report an incident or ask advice, call 1-800-136-089, 7.30am till 6.30pm, Monday to Friday. The 30-Minute Trots Report. One out, one back. All the industry news from around Victoria and the people who make this sport happen. RSN 927 joins Harness Racing Victoria for One Out, One Back, Thursday mornings at 10 and then on podcast. For the big game this weekend, here's where to meet up. The Mail Exchange Hotel. Five minutes walk from Marvel Stadium. Ales, wine, superb food and tap terminals. The Mail Exchange Hotel. It's where the footy fans meet up. Corner Burke and Spencer Streets, City. Opposite the steps at Southern Cross Station. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap. Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cuse and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap. Monday mornings at 10. And then on podcast. RSN 927 wants to send you to the Royal Melbourne Show. This year, the show celebrates 162 years of bringing the country to the city from September 21. There's heaps of new stuff and it's even greater family value. We'll be giving away Royal Show family passes, ride cards and general admission tickets. Drawing winners three times a day. Get your name down on the entry page and you could be at the all-new Royal Melbourne Show on us. Head to the competitions page at rsn.net.au Get back to work. But I am working. What, on your latest Instagram post? I'm lodging a free dial-before-you-dig inquiry online. Visit 1100.com.au to use this free service or call 1100 during business hours. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au Or SN Carnival 2. Send Carnival to WARFradio.com and via the VFL app. This is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. It is the Southern Saints and the Richmond Tigers. This is first versus fourth. The Southern Saints looking to claim the minor premiership. Richmond looking to stay in the final six. Peter Holden and Elise Collette here with you at Trevor Parker Beach Oval. Time to get serious. Time to get some tips. Elise Collette. Who's going to win today and by how much? I'm going to go Richmond by two goals. I reckon they've just got that little bit more to play for than the Saints do. I am going to go for the Southern Saints 
by, as I look to see the, who's starting with the Breeze, it is going to be the Saints. I'm going for the Saints by five goals. I think they used the Breeze well in the first quarter, the third quarter, and then they parked the bus in the final quarter. Mm, home ground advantage? Absolutely. They played it well with the Breeze last week against Hawthorne. Hawthorne struggled to come out of defence, so let's see if that hampers the Tigers as well. So, all is in readiness. Now, there's a standalone VFL women's match. I can tell you the crowd's probably on about 250 at the moment. So, a pretty decent-sized crowd here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval in Sandringham. Umpire just making sure all is in readiness for our 12 p.m. bounce. You can see Johnson starting in the middle there for the Saints up against Monique Conti. That's going to be a big task today. We're about ready to get underway. Gabrielle Seymour's going to do the rucking here for Richmond. Jumps high early. Both rucks miss the football. Kennedy goes in. Goes for a quick little hand pass under pressure. Dempsey went with a sideways kick. Intercepted. Saints going to read it well off Vesely. Vesely just going up towards half forward. Flank bounced over the head of Makua Machot. Then quickly got it across. Then Bahano now delivers inside 50. Awkward bouncing football. Got out the back door. Chasing after this Greiser. And she sees it over the boundary line and out of bounds in front of Sophie Damon. We'll have a forward throw-in 15 metres around from the right-hand point post. I mean, my words earlier. That's what happens, Elise, when you work an overnight shift, then come straight to the football. <laughs> uh, I, I do question how you're able to do it every week, but it's been a good start from the Saints so far. Just able to work it out into space by hand, uh, via handballs, and, um, yeah, they've got a good opportunity here to try and get the first score on the board. Ball was thrown in immediately, hit down the ground by both Shearlaw and uh, Seymour, and we'll have another ball up. Seymour wins the tap, trying to come through there as Conti gets first hands of the football. Got to get away from Mackin. she does. Her kick, though, hangs in the breeze that goes in towards the centre square, bounces awkwardly. Half a dozen players all come in at once and crash into each other. Conti follows up, gets the football, gives it across to Kennedy. Kennedy draws the player towards her, goes the hand pass. It was a loopy one to Dempsey, set her a task, it bounced on the ground, got it back, went with a dribble kick going forward. But guys, is going to clean up here for the Saints. Sky high kick, Monique Conti is going to read it best. Conti racking up possessions early, decides to come back in board with a kick, works out well. Still centre wing broadcast side through Monaghan. Monaghan going up the line, looking for Brennan out, Mark, on that occasion. Saints just holding on to it, saying, ball is mine, don't come anywhere near me. McCarthy is calling for it, but too close to the player on the mark. The kick heading in the Greiser direction. She's cut off, double-teamed, in fact. The ball's punched away from her by Damon, and the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. We will call for a throw-in, 65 metres out from the Saints' goals. Early impressions, Elise Collette. Yeah, very even so far. Both sides have been able to get a good run of handballs and, uh, to a lesser degree, kicks, but then they, uh, they're able to not able to get that next kick on and... Uh, they've been intercepted and they've just got to try and avoid that as the pack quickly forms after the ball in, and we're going to call for a ball up. Alison Drennan laying the tackle there for the Southern Saints. We're between centre wing and half forward flank for the Saints. They're kicking with the agency of a two or three goal breeze towards the southern end of the ground. Just tapped along there by Kelly. Didn't go to any advantage. Pack situation. Kennedy wants to jump in. Umpire says it's still locked up and will call for a ball up. Just inside the centre square, favouring towards the Southern Saints end of the ground. Ball is thrown high in the air. Kelly beats out Seymour on that occasion. Drennan draws a player towards her, spins around, then gets on the right boot. Going in the shield or direction. She had it popped out of her hands. Ball went out the back, trying to control it there. Evans there for the Tigers, going in over the top. Laura Bailey. Bailey rolls over opponent quite high. The umpire was blindsided to it. And it will be a ball up. The player wrapped up there, Jessica Sedenry. Umpire just make sure who the nominated rucks are. 
Seymour and Shearlaw. 45 metres out from the Saints' goal. Shearlaw won it, but Seymour jumped on it straight away. Wrapped up. Umpires circling. My pin. Uh, yes, for dragging it in. And a free kick going the way of Kate Shearlaw. Your impressions on that, Elise Collette? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite see her dragging in, but... Um yeah, they, they'll have definitely have to make um, the most of this shot here. I'd back Sheila in. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to make the most of this because the um, Richmond are not uh, not going to go easy on them at all. They're going to work, make them work hard for every possession. Kate Sheila was our featured guest on the midweek show this week. You can find the podcast on the RSN website. Sheila unloads on the right, got distance, but does not have the accuracy. It's away to the right hand side, out of bounds on the full near the right hand point post. I'll, I'll cop that one as commentators curse there a bit. Sorry, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Bailey to have the football in the back pocket here for Richmond. In front of the brick grandstand here at Sandringham. Goes short with the kick. Oh, one-two bites the cherry pulled in by Kelly O'Neill. That's exactly what she did last week against Hawthorne. Headed in the Sheerlord direction, jumping forward there, missing it was Bohanna. Went to the goal square, coming away at full speed was Monaghan, having to get away from Greiser. Goes towards the halfback flank, jumping through the air there. McDonald trying to keep it in play. The ball will go over and out by the Tigers. Last disposal rule. Rich, uh, Saints will play on quickly. Floated over the head there of uh, Emma Mackey. Might get it back here from Bahana. Monaghan ran into trouble, came off her hands over and out. 25 metres around from the left-hand point post. Yeah, it was a good intercept there, from, was it O'Neill? And um, it, that kick just did not look good off the boot from Bailey. And um, maybe um, O'Neill should have gone for the shot. But um, the uh, good thing from a Saints perspective is they've still kept it up there into the ground. Bahana did the ruck work at the f- foot of the football was uh, Damon. Quick kick away there by the Tigers. Going only the way of Kelly. Kelly gets run down. Coming in there to the Lucas Rod for the Saints. Tigers come out with the football, though. Long boot, far side of the ground from our broadcast position. Tyler Stall comes chasing it after the football was on the ground. Had to go in and pick it up. Went with a dribble kick as she got brought down in the tackle. Rushed up on Kynes. Umpire said it's fair. Play on. Brennan now receives from Wakefield. Brennan on the right boot going in the direction of Sabrina Frederick. And she just stood tall and just kind of looked at the player going to her, I've got height on you and I've got body strength on you. You've got no chance. Yeah. And Sabrina Frederick just took it calmly and easily. 50 metres out from goal. Goes towards the pockets and the mark sticks. And from my side, from a distance, that looks like Katie Brennan. Furthest from our broadcast position. Indeed it is. Brennan, after giving the initial possession on the wing, pushing forward for the old one-two. Brennan will be having a shot on goal. Tight angle, kicking from about 35 metres out into the breeze. Some of the Tigers flake behind the goal, trying to give an indication of how the breeze is blowing. The former Bulldogs captain, Katie Brennan, stabs low. Sabrina Frederick at the top of the square, came off hands. There's a mad rush of players in towards the pocket and they will concede it through near the left-hand point post for one behind. And that is the first score of the quarter. First score of the game. Richmond, one behind. Southern Saints, no score. Six and a half minutes gone first term. Match analyst Elise Collette. Yeah, that could have been very dangerous there if um, Sabrina had managed to stick the kick as the ball's now intercepted again. Um, I was, I was going to say that Richmond need to make sure that they lock it in, but they've done the next best thing. A kick, McCure, Chow goes 
in towards the forward line, looking for Katie Brennan, but she was second in the contest as much as she was trying to claim the football. Umpire says Rhiannon Watts to the mark. Who? What? Yes, what? As Watt now goes for a run, then kicks on the right boot, going in the Greiser direction, overhead head. McCowchart had it, knocked it down with one hand, got the football back, but got caught, tried to get it away to a teammate in Conti, has to give a hand pass off, running by there, wanting to pick it up with Shayla Marsh, went without the football, and all of a sudden the ball was left behind for a pack to jump on, and will call for a ball up. 60 metres out from the Richmond goal. They're heading towards the city end of the ground, Elise Collette. That was almost a case of deja vu. Um, her chart kick, kick it in, intercept, and then she almost intercepted the kick back out. But, um, yeah, uh, Richmond have just got to just gotta lock it in here, just got to keep it up their end, and they've just got to create that little opportunity. Ball went straight back to ground after Seymour and uh, Kelly. Jemima Kelly were fighting for the football. Ball up again. Kelly wins it. Wins with a backhander over the head. Wanting to run onto it. Vesely did instead. Got it on the left boot. Going in the grisser direction. Ball bouncing awkwardly away from her. McCure Chot is nearby. Vesely chased it up. Immediately caught. Put to ground by McCure Chot. And the ball will go over the boundary line and out of bounds. And which will have a throw. And in between the two coaches' benches on the beach side of the ground here. Glorious sunshiny day at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. If the breeze would go away, it'd be a very nice day. As we wait for it to come back into play. Richmond lead by a point. Eight and a half minutes gone first term. Awkward ball there for Kelly. Trying to get in there. Jess Kennedy went through her fingertips. Ball moves forward for the Saints by a good 20 metres in a pack situation though. Bit harsh in the contest. Umpire said no. Play on. Hand pass came out. Vought. But so on the way there by the Tigers. One hurried boot kick. Trying to go in the, I think, Monaghan direction. Close towards the boundary line. Pardon me. In fact, coming out to meet it was Rebecca Miller. Miller goes to ground. Kennedy goes to ground. O'Neill jumped in there, but the umpire said by the time you try to extract the ball, I'd already blown the whistle, so we'll call for a ball up. Hannah Stewart also fighting in there for the Southern Saints. Balls to be thrown up in the air. Ruck change for the Tigers. Elise Edmonds going up against Kelly now. Kelly got it back off the bounce. Had to get a hand pass away while she was being tackled. There's the excuse me, get out of my way by Cat Phillips. Goes long and the forward line. Ball got out the back door. It's going to be an awkward bouncing football here. Will the Tigers concede it through for a point? No, they just go next to the point post in Rebecca Miller. Right next to that right-hand point post, and we'll see a throw in. Perhaps it actually might have been better to concede the point. Yeah, that's an interesting point you raise there, because if they'd conceded the behind, then they would have been able to reset and um, get going. But now that um, very uh, tough situation here for the Tigers' defence. 35 metres out from goals. The ball is thrown back into play. It was brought down originally by Sheila, straight down to Mackey. Mackey tries to squeeze the football out to Samantha Johnson, who's immediately wrapped up. And the umpire says no opportunity. He'll ask for the football back. That was Alison Drennan, rather, who was wrapped up. Well, ball it up, 35 metres out from the Southern Saints goal. Edmonds versus Shearlaw. Edmonds wins it down, grabbing it there and trying to get a hurry snap around the corner. Olivia Vesely going back in for another crack at it. Hannah Stewart. In goes Drennan. Stolen by Monique Conti. Comes through, says thank you very much. Trying to put it to Kennedy. Was too much of a hot potato of her. O'Neill on her hammer. Tapped it away. In goes Monique Conti again, being harassed by Drennan. In goes Conti again, burrowing through. Can't quite get the football out. Jumping in over the top is Carlson. Tries to get it across to O'Neill. Throws the arms out for the Academy Award. Umpire will not pay it. Egan there for the Saints. Copping one high on the way through is Monique Conti. And she's one of the shortest players on the field, so it would be very easy to give her a whack across the scum by accident. And Monique Conti will have the free kick. And she goes from the halfback flank going up the line, leading out to take the mark. Here is Courtney Wakefield. Wakefield looking to go 
Long and up the line. Pumps it long. Out the back of the pack. Not much on. The two Saints players didn't talk about it. It dropped, but they managed to move it forward over the head there of Drennan. Now Akek Makua Chak goes after the football. She's being harassed. And jumping in there for support was Kate Dempsey, but they're going nowhere as it held up by Caitlin Greiser. And we'll call for a ball up. Match analyst Elise Collette. Yeah, that, that kick to the two Saints players seemed to be very um, wind-aided. As there was a nice curve on it, but... Um yeah, Monique Conti early has been showing why she was such a high draft pick and why she's such a, a val- valuable uh, player. Katie Brennan had the ball momentarily, but she was taken over the boundary line by Samantha Johnson. So we'll call for a ball in between centre wing and half forward flank for the Southern Saints. They trail by a point, 11 and a half minutes gone in this first term. Ball back into play. At the back door, both rucks miss the football. Hurried little hand pass, trying to put it into the agency of Cody Jacks. She goes towards centre-half forward. Awkward bouncing football. Hannah Ibrahim was nearby. Ball bounced away from her, though. Guys is there. Can't get to it. Hurry by the Tigers. Just goes up and down as Frederick tries to get involved near through centre-half forward. Ball got knocked away from her. Wanting to get it out the back is Brennan. And copping it too high there is Emma Horn, the 23rd player for Richmond. And Horn will get a resulting free kick between centre and centre-half forward. Gives off the football to Kate Dempsey, who works it wide. Her teammate had it easy to swallow, but dropped it right in front of the scoreboard. Rebecca Miller goes to the hand pass with Sheila on her hammer. In comes Kate McCarthy. You shall not pass. And Phoebe Monaghan had to get rid of her hand pass straight away. McCarthy wants a second crack at it. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Seven and a half minutes remaining in this first term. And not only the lead on the scoreboard, but I think you have to give the points for the quarter so far to the Tigers. The Saints haven't gotten the scoreboard with the strong breeze. Yeah, absolutely. And the couple, particularly a couple of times that it's gone down the Saints and the Richmond defence has held up really well and made it very hard for the Saints to, to even attempt to score, let alone score. Saints with the football now through Phillips on centre wing was harassed. Her kick away was skewed off the side of the boot and Rebecca Miller took an easy mark at half-back flank for the Tigers. Beach Road side of the ground. 13 minutes gone here in this... And a 50-metre penalty for encroaching in the protected zone. I think Kate McCarthy might have been near it. It was either her or Hannah Stewart. So 50-metre penalty for Rebecca Miller will bring her up to probably 65, 70 metres out from goal. Very handy here for Richmond. Just when it looked like uh, they were going to start going backwards with a kick to the pressure from the Saints. They'll be spewing about that 50-metre penalty. They were trying to go in the Frederick direction. They can't quite get to her. Going in there, almost having her head ripped off there. Brank Adesano. Saints. Only got as far as the centre wing. Above the centre square. To be intercepted by Dempsey, who went across to Brennan. Brennan now has the football. She's a long way out from home. Would have been okay with the breeze, but not into the breeze. Went towards Frederick. Fell short of her. Picking it up, though, with the roving work. Grace Egan almost brought down rain with that kick. Hannah Stewart tried to give the don't argue on the way through. Gave it across to Phillips, who now put it on the right boot. And now here come the Saints. They've really got no one inside 50, so they've got to mark and hold at the moment, and that's what they do. Jackie Vott has the football. She's at the half-forward flank. Desperately needs something. Greiser is calling for it to go to the pocket. Just puts it a little bit over the head there of Greiser. Coming out to try and meet it there was Zedinry. Now Greiser gets a shove as she goes with a footy when she wanted for a snap. And the ball is over the boundary line and out of bounds. Sophie Damon just giving her a little friendly help on the way. <laughs> that was a good passage of play there from the Saints. Arguably one of their best for the quarter so far. They were able to get good, clean possessions. It all started with that, um, that good run from Phillips, but um, unfortunately they just weren't able to score. 
And the ball is just going to be rebounded back in by Dutchy Kais, who goes long with a kick, goes over the pack and registers a minor score. So 15 minutes into the first term here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval, the final round of the VFLW, and scores are tied. Southern Saints, one behind. Richmond, one behind. Match analyst today is Elise Collette. I, the men and I said, unfortunately, they can't score, and then they score. That's not commentator's curse. I don't know what is. Laura Bailey brings the ball out from full back. O'Neill reads it best, and the breeze goes for the punch instead of the mark. Phoebe Monaghan went through her hands. Damon got it across quickly to get it to Brennan. Brennan tries to give the Donagi to one. Tried to sell the candy the second time around. Ball cry the crowd. The umpire said she may have tripped, but she got the hand pass out using Damon again. Now they quickly get across to Bailey. He launches in towards the middle of the ground. Frederick is being blocked in the contest. And the umpire says because she was blocked five meet, further than five metres away from the football, it is a free kick. So soft, but technically correct. As, as long as you, it's technically correct, you can't complain too much. Frederick. Going for Monaghan. Got cut off by Phillips to draw the player. Goes to the hand pass. Awkward. Has to chase up her own footy. Back to Frederick where we started again. She was harassed. Got the hand pass away. Ball cried the crowd. Umpire won't blow the whistle. Still on centre wing here. Mad scramble for the football. O'Neill goes for a hand pass while under pressure. Hurry kick along the carpet, courtesy of Grace Egan. Got towards half forward. Grace Egan chased up for the 1-2. Got on the right. Went inside 50 with the kick. Not really much on there. Lucas right under pressure, got the kick away, comes in board. Hannah Stewart, oh, they waited for the football, and Rebecca Miller came through like a hot knife through butter, sold the candy on one, the second wasn't buying, and Miller got tripped up and turned the football over. Saints send it back towards their centre-half forward position. Tigers do have numbers back here, including Monaghan, who's got a spin out of trouble, gives off the hand pass away. Jana Handballs eventually gets across there to Dempsey, who works it sideways, finding Emma Horn. Horn, the 23rd player for the Tigers today. 17 minutes gone in this first term. Pulls the kick. Oh, it was dicey, but it worked out okay. As Phillips went flying for the mark, but it was pulled in by Laura Bailey. Uh, at, at times, this quarter, the um, kicks, particularly um, Richmond heading forward, seem, seem to be quite affected by the wind. There's a lot of curves and uh, uh, things like that in the kick. So it'd be interesting to see um, if it affects the Saints as much in the uh, second quarter. Bailey to Monaghan off halfback. They go into the central corridor only for it to be turned over again. The Saints sending it long looking for Bahana, but their kick was not great. The Tigers structure is actually holding up very well across that halfback line and not much is getting through. So the Saints really wasting their opportunities when they try to attack. Bailey then gives it across to Lisa Davey, who pumps it long towards the scoreboard side wing. Mark taken out there, Grace Egan. She has it for the Tigers. Two minutes to play in this first term. Scores locked up at one point apiece in the final round here of the VFLW. Here's the kick on the right, going long up the line. Works out okay. Mark taken. Coming back in board, Hocking. Saints now. Bahana at the turnover. Going to Phillips. Phillips draws the player. Gives off the hand pass to Molly McDonald, who kicked two ripping goals last week. Molly McDonald goes long. Nothing going on inside forward 50. As the Tigers will try and switch to come out of defence. They clean it up. They go to Shangla Marsh. Go to see a Miller. Marsh looking for Monaghan or Akek Makua Chot. Makua Chot takes it in front of McCarthy. 
Draws McCarthy to her, goes for a bit of a dodgy hand pass to Monaghan. Monaghan pulls the kick at the last second, finding Sophie Damon. Damon pulls her kick as well. Jumping through the air, Kelly O'Neill is reading it best, brought the ball to ground. Telly Lucas right now on the right. Boot, this could sit well. No, it's through the hands there of Sedenry. Got out the back door. Tigers again going to mop it up. Justine Hocking. Oh, could be gone here. Umpire says G-O-N-E gone. Now, they're going to pay the advantage. They do. Oh, yeah. Vot shouldn't have had the shot. She should have waited. Because the shot was played instead of allowing Sedenry to go back, will only register as the minus score. So two behinds the Southern Saints. Richmond one behind. 19 and a half minutes almost gone in this first quarter. The Tigers will come out of defence. And a hand pass. Whoops. Stolen there by Cat Phillips at the centre wing. Got it across quickly to Fitzpatrick who pumped it long up the line. One bounce close towards the boundary line. Doesn't quite go out. Tigers strangely keep it in. Where If it went out, it would have been their advantage. But we'll call for a ball in. Elise Collette. Yeah, uh, just going back to the shot there, it would have been interesting if, um, if say, the uh, the kick had been taken, but there was no score at all. Um, but, yeah, I think almost sort of a desperate sign here for the Saints. They're just trying to bomb it in and trying to find that option, whereas Richmond are just able to... Uh, clean it up and um, work the ball out of defence. Bailey trying to... So Monique Conti trying to dance around a few. Then she kicks up towards the centre wing trying to find Sabrina Fedrick. Tilly Lucas Rod takes the mark, but the siren has sounded. And that will indicate quarter time. It's a low-scoring game. The Southern Saints, two behind. Richmond, one behind. And Elise Collette, I think that, that hurried shot or play-on advantage by the Saints sums up their quarter. Mm-hmm. Opportunities... But they rushed it. Yeah, absolutely. And you were talking before about how Richmond's defensive structure is holding really well. And it, it, it's been crucial for them because they're able to just uh, get the ball and then work it off that um, uh, d- defense there. And, um, yeah, if uh, Richmond probably should have been ahead considering um, they had the momentum for most of the quarter and, um, yeah, had a few shots that they um, didn't quite get. So, with a two or three goal advantage, the Southern Saints have only kicked two behinds. Richmond just the one behind at quarter time here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. Let's find out what's happening at Box Hill City Oval. And we've got on the line Callum O'Connor. Callum, how's it going? I think now at half time at Box Hill City Oval. Uh, it is indeed. And the Pies had all the running with the wind in that quarter. Three goals to now opened up a 17 point gap. And uh, look, if the Hawks aren't quite at Collingwood's mercy, then the match definitely is in the Pies' hands. Ouch, and uh, as it sits at the moment, um, if, if, if this keeps up, it doesn't matter what happens for Richmond at this game. If Hawthorne lose, Richmond are in the finals. Uh, that indeed, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Hawks can pull something out from here. They're three goals down, it's not irretrievable, but they're um, really not showing too many signs at this point of uh, being able to stop uh, Collingwood's run forward, so I know I'll We'll talk about Jamie Lambert and Brick Benici a lot, I'm sure, but I really want to give a shout-out to Maddie Shevlin. She's uh, ex-Melbourne. She's uh, been fantastic, not only uh, winning the ball, but using it really well and kicked the goal as well. Thanks, Callum. We look forward to catching up with you in about 20 or so minutes' time to get a third-quarter update there at Box Hill City Oval. Thanks, mate. There we are, Callum O'Connor there reporting in online. We'll take a quick break here. Southern Saints lead by a point at quarter time. 
Daniel Harford leads the Breakfast Club. Monday mornings, Rodney E joins the Breakfast Club reviewing all the weekend's footy. Rodney E, he's the Monday analyst, back this Monday morning from 7 to 8 on RSN 927's Breakfast Club. Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres. If you love the caravan lifestyle, you want to keep your camper, pop-top or caravan in top condition. So head to the Bayswater Jayco Service Division. The workshop team are experts in servicing and repairs, including warranty and insurance work. And they can fit your new Bayswater Jayco accessories too. Why not book in for a service today and be ready for the road with Bayswater Jayco. Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater and at bayswaterjayco.com.au. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. Nothing but netball. Welcome to the Inner Circle. This is Sherelle McMahon inviting you to netball's own podcast. Sherelle and Bianca Chatfield, superstars of the game, invite you into the Inner Circle. He thinks outside the square, which I think is great. Talking 100% about the game they love. We're making a fresh edition every Wednesday, so come and join us in the Inner Circle. Fans of netball are not going to dub netball because they suddenly like them cricket or because they suddenly are following Ash Barty. On iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and at all your regular podcast places. She was right up in my face getting ready to do a spin-off and flick me in the face with her braids. Start on the podcast page at rsn.net.au. I don't even know what came over me. I just, like, gave her a little peck on the cheek. Or <laughs> SN Carnival 2. It's the On RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio, WARFradio.com and the VFL app, you're listening to the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. At quarter time, the Southern Saints two behind, Richmond one behind. The Saints were kicking with the agency of a two or three goal breeze towards the Sortner or Southern end of the ground. So panic alarms for them there. And panic alarms in more than one way, Elise Collette, because with Collingwood leading Hawthorne by 17 points at half time, it means as it sits at the moment, Collingwood are looking like the better chance of finishing the minor premiers, and arguing the case for a home final. And on the other foot, good news for Richmond fans, because if, Haw- if this keeps up and Hawthorne lose, Richmond are guaranteed a spot in the final six. Mm, it's, an, it's an interesting um, set of circumstances. And I, I guess you've also got to remember it is it, it hasn't been confirmed where that, um, that third fi- the qualifying final will be, so there's no guarantee that either side will actually get a home final anyway. Yeah, so there's been speculation about that being thrown around, so we'll we'll see what happens, how it plays out. Another game that's underway at the moment is Essendon and Weemstown at Windy Hill. What scores do you have from there? Um, yeah, not good for uh, the Seagulls. i just get that back up. Um, Essendon, 10-8, 68. 
uh, Williamstown still the uh, single behind. And the um, the Darabin Bulldogs game has also started. Uh, Darabin currently 17 points up on the Bulldogs. Darabin 17 up on the Bulldogs? Correct. Holy Toledo. Uh, a, a loss like that in a Richmond win... I'll have to calculate the, start calculating percentage. Could Richmond be arguing for third? But then, realistically, you win this game, Richmond third, fourth with the Bulldogs. So, yeah, let's see how that all pans out, shall we? We're just about ready to get underway for the second term here at Trevor Parker Beach Oval. Richmond will be kicking with the breeze to start this second quarter. Umpire holds the football aloft, and we're just about in, underway. Anthony can... Stangitz has just confirmed uh, they will receive a home final, the minor premiers, Trevor Barker okay. Beach, Oval or Victoria Park. So that is confirmed. As uh, So there's a lot on the line as we speak. Here's the hurried hand pass out by Kelly. Got knocked away from her. Edmonds goes with a hand pass over the top, looking for Seymour. Got knocked away from her. Going to ground there, being caught is Kelly Thompson. Whacked away from her. Coming up through is Monique Conti. Monique Conti takes a bounce. Center wing, beach, ro- beach side of the ground. Kicks it up the line. Trying to get front position there. Clara Fitzpatrick, the Irish woman. Going to get caught by Sabrina Frederick. And the umpire says, you went with a drop kick, which is illegal because you hit the ground first. And that means it is a free kick to Sabrina Frederick. The former Brisbane Lions marquee footballer will be playing for the Tigers come AFLW 2020. Currently playing with the Tigers and VFLW. Sabrina Frederick looking further ahead. Fatala Stahl. She goes for Tala Stahl. Just knocked away from her hands. Coming at her was Fiona Stewart. The ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. Would it have been worth Sabrina just going for the shot herself, or reckon I, the I, angle might have been a little bit too difficult? I, I reckon with the breeze back yourself, at least at least it gives you an early indication with your first kick into the breeze of what the breeze is doing. So True. why not why not try it out? Going in there, trying to get the football out was Kelly Thompson, but everyone's going to jump on her, and the umpire says there's no proper opportunity and will call for a ball up. Umpire to take the football back, we'll throw it in the air, and away we go again. Kelly versus Seymour. Kelly put it to the agency of Samantha Johnson to go for a run. Johnson going in the Shearlord direction. Spoiled from behind. Umpire says, dealt with unfairly. You can have a free kick. Kate Shearlord was our guest this week on the Women's Australian Rules Football Midweek Show. You can find the podcast by going to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or Spotify. Oh, hang on. Said yeah. it's a Tigers free kick. Yeah, don't quite know what happened there. Your guess is as good as mine, because I thought it was Sheila that was dealt with unfairly. Yeah, that's the way I saw it as well. But, um, yeah, love, uh, would love to see the replay. Well, your guess is as good as mine. As uh, Maybe a bit of karma, because the Richmond free kick ended up being going over the boundary line for a free kick to the Saints at the halfback flank. Vesely hugging close towards the boundary line, looking for Sheila this time, juggled in her hands, had two to take on and it got brought to ground Drennan wanted to jump in there and the umpire will ask for the football back holding on to it then was Rebecca Miller Sheila will give it back to the umpire right in front of the Tigers coaching bench and Tom Hunter looking on giving instructions all is thrown in the air Kelly going up in the contest versus Seymour put it down T. Lucas Rod got rid of it then got thrown away Hurry kick out of there by Cody Jacks her kick towards centre half forward is now centre half back Dutchie Kyes takes the mark Melissa Kyes for the Saints. Gets the hurry up from the umpire. Works it sideways. Looking for Clara Fitzpatrick. Here comes Sabrina Frederick. Look out! Clara Fitzpatrick gets held up by two players, including Shayla Marsh, but somehow manages to get it out and feed it to Carlson. 
Serena Carlson's kick is going to hang in the breeze. And I think it's Phoebe Monaghan that's pushed forward to take that mark. Phoebe Monaghan is about 65 metres out from goal for the Tigers. Looking for an option. Putting the hands in the air is Elise Edmonds saying, I'm big, go to me, I'm a tall target. Went over her head and says, don't worry. Taylor Starler's there and she's pretty good at kicking goals, so I'll pass to her. She's currently sitting, if I'm correct, at the top of my head, about second on the VFLW goal-kicking ladder. Yeah, I think you're right. Been in the top five for most of the season. Taylor Star, Oh, Sabrina Frederick. She, just just like a brick outhouse. She's just there. You're not going to knock her over, regardless of what wind, what power's coming at her. She will not be moved. You can say that again. And just on a personal note, I... It's, it's fun to watch her as a neutral supporter for once, but um, yeah, that was great, great mark, great, great kick in from Stoll, and um, yeah, she should be able to put this through very easily. Sabrina Frederick, bang, right over the nets and right into the access road out the back of the ground, and Richmond retake the lead. They're one one seven, Southern Saints two behinds. Four minutes gone in this second term, and you should actually be kind of happy as a Melbourne support because Sabrina Frederick actually made her debut originally in the exhibition match series uh, for Melbourne. Yes, she did. At what was then Eddie Head Stadium. Yes, the ground I now now like to call Docklands because it's changed names that many times. But it was was good work work in from Richmond just starting out in that um, just outside the 50. They they waited. They made sure that um, there there was going to be that option available because with the win, the the kicks are going to go all over the place. So you've got to make sure that you've, uh, you've got your target before you kick. And the ball back in the middle of the ground. Seymour versus Kelly. Once again with the football's Conti. Got spun around in a circle by Drem. Got her hand pass out. Dropping the football. Played against Shayla Marsh. Free kick going the way of the Southern Saints. Samantha Johnson with the football. Johnson gets on the right boot. Going long, looking for Cat Phillips to run onto the football. Got to get away from Marsh. Phillips kicks a bit wonky, though, on the left boot as it dribbled inside 50. Caitlin Grice to try to come out to meet the football. Drennan goes in there again. Two Tigers on top of the pill. And the umpire says it's going nowhere. We'll call for a ball up. So that's what we'll do. At 40 metres out from the Southern Saints goal, heading towards the city end, kicking into the breeze. Hurry kick away here by the Tigers. One bounce and over, and I think that might be last disposal. Indeed it is. Free kick towards the Southern Saints as it went outside the 50-metre arc. Catherine Phillips, who, of course, has been playing ultimate Frisbee during the season as well. Yes, and she, she's been quite valuable for the Saints so far this game. Her her speed and her run down the wing has set up a few good option, uh, opportunities rather for the Saints. Now, Emma Mackey originally took the mark, but I think someone else might have been dealt with unfairly. No, it's going to pay the mark either way. She was going to end up with a free kick or... So Emma Mackey will be having a shot on goal into the breeze in the left-hand forward pocket. She is 35 metres out from goal, and she's looking very uncertain of herself. She's just going to pop it up towards the top of the goal square. Hope for the best, and the best is what she got. Hannah Stewart takes the grab 15 metres out directly in front. Yeah, I don't know if this is my uh, my eyes deceiving me here, but um, Hannah Stewart seemed to be in a pack of about three or four Tigers, and um, she's been able to take the mark and um, gone gone back here or just oh, missed? Oh, she tried to adjust for the breeze, but adjusted way too much away to the left-hand side for a minus score, a wasted opportunity. 
Southern Saints, three behinds. Richmond, 1-1-7. Seven minutes gone in the second term here on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com, the home of women's football and the VFL app. Here's the kick out from full back. Looking for McEwen Chott, who went flying through the air. Taken away by Mackey. Went with the hand pass over the top to Johnson. Johnson hit it at full speed. Her kick is hanging to the left. Mark taken here by the Saints. They're going to run on and kick a goal. A very good goal from the forward pocket running in and putting it through Jackie Votts. She took it between the point post and the goal post, ran on quickly before any Tigers could get near her and her goal puts the Southern Saints back in front. 1-3-9 Richmond 1-1-7 seven and a half minutes gone in the second term. It, one thing that's impressed me with the Saints, particularly in this particularly I've noticed it in this second quarter, is their defensive pressure around the ball. Um, they haven't uh, they've been so tight that um Richmond have, have struggled to get easy possessions uh, in space. Crowd at the moment building up to around about 400 here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval for this critical contest in the shape of the finals. As we mentioned, um, Richmond, if they did lose, they're hoping for Hawthorne to lose, and Hawthorne are currently losing to Collingwood. And if Hawthorne lose, then Richmond are safe in the top six and don't have to worry about other results. Taken away by Johnson, quickly out of the pack situation. Dribble it towards the McCarthy direction. Now it's Drennan on the left boot. Dribbles it inside 50. It's an awkward bouncing football. Miller tried to come through there for the Tigers. Can't quite hatch the football out. McCurchot wanted to jump in there as well. Laura Bailey's on top of it. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Strong breeze blowing in the background. They're trying to pop a marquee there and they're having absolutely no chance with it whatsoever. That's a bit of comedy to watch out for in the background. As taking it out of there, and, pardon me, it was Seymour for the Tigers. Kai's committed early to the football. Horn got in there first. In goes Tilly Lucas Rod. And it's going to be all wrapped up going nowhere. Katie Brennan caught last. No, pardon me, um, caught last for the football. Madeline Brown Casano. Last for the football back. As the umpire's going to throw it high in the air between centre and centre-half forward here for the Southern Saints. Ball ricocheted around, went in the Tigers' direction, got past Sabrina Frederick, though, still in the centre of the ground. Almost taken high there, Kyes goes to ground, got the hand pass out somehow. Hurry kick away there by Kelly Thompson, out towards centre wing, broadcast side. Trying to run onto it, then went for the fresh air kick, Molly McDonald didn't really commit that well to it. Drennan's now got it, wants to get it to McDonald. Got the hand pass away, no, the umpire said not, it took too long. Just lighten the whistle. Free kick going the way there of the Tigers. Here's a hurry kick by Grace Egan. Coming out to take it, though, is Monique Conti. Wasn't the greatest. And a player in Drennan being within five metres. The protected zone. Rubbish. And means a free kick to the Southern Saints. Quick note for anyone listening, don't get either of us ranting about the rules. But, um, yeah, the, the kick to Conti didn't look uh, didn't look like the greatest kick, but um, it proved a good kick after all. In comes Monique Conti from 40 metres out from goal. And she puts it through, uses the breeze well. And halfway through this second quarter... The Tigers now jump out to two goals, one thirteen, leading the Southern Saints, one three nine. Here on RSN Carnival Two and WARFradio.com. Um, yeah, not to use cliches or not meaning to use cliches or anything, but it's a bit of a um, seesawing affair at the moment, and um, uh, Richmond's uh, accuracy is proving um, proving more useful than Southern Saints' inaccuracy. 
the one reason I don't like about that five metre rule, and regardless of any side it happens to, is it's impossible to see physically what is five metres, where exactly. is a physical line, as opposed to the old rule, if you ran across the mark, you could see where you're exactly running, and if you do that, yeah. then it's silly. But the five metre rule is open to interpretation. So many umpires will, if you ask every umpire to measure out five metres without using a measuring tape, I bet you'll get a hundred different results, and it's yep. an inconsistent rule, but, and that's the reason why it has to go. As now here's the kick by Seymour coming inside 50. It floated along, went over the head of a few. Taylor Style chasing after the football. It bounced awkwardly for her. She had to spin back in a circle. Everyone jumped on her. Somehow she managed to feed a hand pass out. Wakeford wanted to go in there. She gets buried into the ground, and the umpire said there's no proper opportunity. And we'll call for a ball up being tackled there by Isabella Shannon, the 23rd player. Umpire takes the football back, throws it high in the air. This is O'Neill going to be jumping up in the contest versus Seymour. Fresh air kick out of the pack by Colwell off the side of the boot. Has gone out of bounds and it will be a throw-in next to the point post. So we'll wait for the ball to come back into play. Puts it in a dangerous position here. The Tigers will be 35 metres out directly in front by the time the ball comes back into play. Watch Katie Brennan, who's lurking around with Mackie on hers. The ball gets thrown in, falls rather short. Seymour takes it straight out of the ruck, lost control of the football, being harassed by Tilly Lucas-Rod. And the umpire off the football has found a free kick and said Lucas-Rod got dealt with unfairly. I thought he signalled for a throw, but um, either way, it's a, a Saints ball. Lucas Rod now goes for the kick, squeezing it up the line, trying to get front posse there, but Hannah, umpire says, got one in the back by Ekek Makua-Chot, so Hannah will take it away now here for the Saints, gets on the left boot, going long up the line, Beach Road side of the ground, went past several players, Monaghan was there as getting in at McCarthy, got it across to O'Neill's been racking up possessions, she's been having a good last couple of weeks, going in there is Mackie who lays a big tackle on Edmonds, giving away size advantage there but didn't shirk the contest, a red hand pass out, went nowhere here for the Tigers ball just got sat on on the centre wing beach road side of the ground and will call for a ball up uh, the same Saints were lucky there to um, to be able to work it out of uh, their defensive 50 because Richmond were looking very, very dangerous. Phillips got brought to down, got the hand pass away. In goes Katie Brennan. Beat one, couldn't beat the second, gave away the hand pass. Well, the umpire said no, was a throw. So it will be a free kick going the way of Lucas right here for the Southern Saints. Defensive side of the centre circles. Umpire gives the hurry up. She gets on the right boot, goes towards the half-forward flank on the far side of the ground broadcast position. Oh, Vesely got ridden rodeo style there by Kate Dempsey. Could have put the saddle on and the Scott watch out to see if it was the full seven seconds. And uh, she'll get up a bit worse square, Vesely, after that one. Goes to play on, 14-minute mark here of this second term. Tigers with the lead, finds Emma Mackey, who takes the mark on the lead. Mackey just outside the 50. Kicks it inboard, looking there for Phillips, who tries to run down Monaghan, who got the kick away towards the opposite pocket. Foot races on here. Brand Catasano gets to it first. Brand Catasano now on the right boot, coming long up the line, trying to come and meet it there is Thompson, who trapped it well and got the football back on the run with a burst of speed. Thompson wants to try and go inside 50. But backing back there for the Tigers, by the look of it from a distance, is... It might be Marsh there, who decides to go up the line, only for it to be intercepted. Rhiannon Watts. You said captain, I said what? Rhiannon Watt with the footy. Gets the hurry up. Her kick, pretty ordinary off one step. Intercepted by Elise Evans fairly easily. She says, just calm it down, calm it down. I've got everything under control. Gets it across now. 
to Miller. Miller bombs it long down the corridor. It bounces inside 50. Saints going to have to get back there with numbers. Fitzpatrick is gone! G-O-N-E, no whistle. Yes, there's the whistle. Yeah, great tackle, Taylor Stoll. And um, I see what Richmond are trying to do here. I think they're trying to kick a uh, bomb it in and try to get Taylor Stoll on the run. Picks it up and then goal. But... Um, yeah, great tackle and uh, should be able to put this through easily. A pox on the St Kilda, the Southern Saints defence then. Lack of communication. No one warned Fitzpatrick that style was coming. Yeah. Where probably the best bet would have been maybe not to take possession and just whack it away and then just hope the numbers would win out in the end. But by taking the football, Style managed to run her down. 25 minutes out directly in front. She does the double cobra. She says, get around me. She's happy about that. And the Tigers go to 3-1-19. The Southern Saints, 1-3-9. 16 minutes gone here in this second term. Yeah, uh, that's bad bad communication there from the Saints because they, they should have easily been able to just, uh, use their numbers advantage because it was about a three three on one advantage and um, they should have been able to just work it out of defence but um, kudos to Taylor Stall that was a great tackle you're listening to RSN Carnival 2 WAIFradio.com and the VFL app as it sits at the moment Richmond are in the finals if they keep this up and if Hawthorne also lose as well that's also the added insurance don't forget Geelong and Carlton coming up immediately after this game from GMHBO Stadium right here on this station you don't need to change your dial Saints now work it out towards the wing position running around in a circle as Cat Phillips comes back to where it all started in the two centre circles Kate McCarthy comes out to meet it puts on the afterburn has got away from two of them now kicks it towards the half forward flank on the beach side of the ground trying to chase after it and pick it up there is uh, Vod who got it across quickly to Molly McDonald. McDonald wants to go inside 50 with the kick. Ball it out the back door. Stewart chasing after it with Shayla Marsh. Marsh and Stewart. Stewart tried to knock it away. Coming through. Kelly O'Neill gave the don't argue. Got it across to Stewart. It goes for the snap! And Hannah Stewart gets it back for the Southern Saints. That um, throws another spanner in the works. Makes it, uh, makes it very interesting. Good snap from um, from the not the easiest of angles in the world. And um, game on. Good work there. Stewart managed to work off the side of that contest. Got the football in the pocket. Then went for the snap and said, thank you very much. And it's back to a four-point ball game. Southern Saints 2-3-15. Richmond 3-1-19. Tigers kicking with the agency of the 2-3 goal breeze in this Second term, two and a half minutes remaining to the halftime siren. At halftime, we'll be crossing to Box Hill City Oval for the latest update between Hawthorne and Collingwood. As the ball is thrown high in the air and away we go again. Awkward bounce. Umpire says, ruck infringement. Given away against O'Neill going the way of Elise Edmonds here for the Tigers. Gives away the hand pass. The running player coming through the corridor looking for Frederick. Went past her hands. Read off the best by Wakefield, whose kick was very awkward. And Dutchie Kai's managed to get a kick around the corner. Looking for Molly McDonald. Got sandwiched between two Tigers. McCourtshot does the shepherding work there for Monique Conte, who drew the player. Went with a hand pass over the top. Grace Egan gone! Dropping the football, according to the umpire. Halfback flank here for the Saints. They decide to get a wig along quickly. They go with a kick up the line, finding Olivia Vesely. Vesely with the football. She's defensive side of centre wing. Minute and a half remaining until the halftime siren. Gets a wiggle on with a long kick up the line. Taking a good mark from Posse there, Rebecca Miller. Miller with a footy. Looking to slow things down. Then pumps it long in the Frederick direction. Went over her head. Taylor Starr waiting out the back. Doing a little bit of body work here. Getting to it first there, Rhiannon White. Gave it away quickly to Fitzpatrick who went up the line. Only for it to be intercepted by Grace Egan. 
Egan, 55 metres out from goal. In front of our broadcast position. Egan on the right boot. Kicks it towards the top of the square. Oh, the Tiger player in Wakefield had perfect posse, but she just kind of lost her feet at the crucial moment and misstepped. And it went over the boundary line for a throw-in. Elise Collette. Uh, just quick update um, from Latrobe Uni. Darabin have stopped scoring, and the Bulldogs are now 23-19 to 19 ahead. Must be a strong breeze behind there at Latrobe Uni as the ball is thrown back into play. Out the back. Ruck whipping done there by Rhiannon. Wonky said, Captain, I said, what? Hand pass came out there to, oh, Tilly Lucas right. He got spoiled at the crucial moment. Taylor Stahl chasing the ball near the boundary line. She was being harassed by Dutchy Kyes, and the ball will go over and out for a throw-in. 45 metres out from the Tigers' goal. Less than 20 seconds remaining to the halftime siren. Can Richmond snap one out of this pack? Boundary umpire taking a while to throw it back in. Spinning back into play. Frederick versus Watt in this contest. Frederick front position. Slapped it down. O'Neill comes through. Gets a hurried hand pass away. Ball squeezed out of the pack. O'Neill went for the second crack. Frederick brought it to ground. And the siren sounds. It is half time here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. And as it sits at this end of the equation... Collingwood are probably in the minor premier position as we speak. We'll be crossing very shortly to Boxville City Oval to get that confirmed. Richmond, by all accounts, are currently sitting in the final six. Richmond, 3-1-19. The Southern Saints, 2-3-9. Before we go to Callum O'Connor, your thoughts, Elise Collette. Yeah, interesting quarter. Although the Saints outscored... Um, wait... No, sorry, that's bad maps. Um, I was about to say, although the Saints outscored Richmond, de- Richmond were definitely the better team, but um, they have, in fact, um, Richmond have, in fact, um, outscored them, and I'm just really bad at maps. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Rich- Richmond definitely looked the better side that quarter. They were able to, uh, to work it out through players like... Um, like Conti and um, just work it into their tall targets in Brennan and um, and Frederick. And one thing I have noticed them doing, particularly more than the Saints, is they're um, they're able to drag drag a defender to the and then that leaves um, leaves space for a teammate. Uh, so then the player with the ball can handball it out, and then they've got a teammate in space that can run and uh, kick it on towards their forward. 3-1-19, Richmond Southern Saints 2-3-15. Goal kickers here at uh, halftime look like this. Singles to Conti, Frederick and Stahl for Richmond for the Southern Saints. Singles to Vot and Hannah Stewart. Let's find out the situation at Box Hill City Oval. We've got on the line Callum O'Connor. Callum, what stage of the game are we in the third quarter? So we've uh, got about two minutes remaining and uh, Sarah Perkins is just through her second goal to bring the gap back to uh, 14 points. So the Hawks have kicked two goals to one in this quarter with the win. You'd think they need to be uh, on even Stevens come three-quarter time to have a chance. So things looking very dangerous there for uh, Hawthorne. Uh, you're suggesting they've got to kick at least three goals into the breeze without Collingwood scoring because uh, the situation is if Hawthorne lose, they're sweating on both the Geelong and Melbourne Uni games. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're more or less, um, they've got to do it themselves. And they've been, uh, they've had more of a play this quarter, but still the difference between the two sides in terms of how cleanly Colin were able to move the ball and even the shape of how they're moving. They're able to use space, not just kicking straight up the guts. Uh, Collingwood just, uh, 
when they've got the ball in hand, Collingwood definitely looking the uh, more cohesive outfit. No Rose, we'll come back to you in about uh, 25 minutes' time. Callum O'Connor, thanks again for that update. Thanks, Pete. Callum O'Connor there at uh, Box Hill City Oval, 14-point lead to Collingwood, and uh, they were kicking with the breeze that quarter, Hawthorne. Mm, that, yeah, not not good situation there for the Hawks. So just to update everyone on the final situation, this is how it currently sits with the games underway. Remember, there was a half-hour earlier start for the Hawthorne-Collingwood game. As it sits with Collingwood leading Hawthorne by 14 points near three-quarter time. As it sits, Collingwood uh, minor premiers and will have the home final against the Southern Saints next week. That's as it sits. Richmond at the moment, because leading the Southern Saints, will most likely hold fourth position at least. So it will definitely be a Bulldogs versus Tigers, third versus fourth elimination final next week. The question now is over spots five, six and seven, with Hawthorne losing by 14 points as we speak. If both Melbourne Uni and Geelong win, goodbye Hawthorne. They miss the finals. If either one of Melbourne Uni or Geelong lose, Hawthorne are safe. Hmm, it's going to be a very interesting um, next 24, 48 hours. I've just got a quick score update from Windy Hill. It appears appears to be the end of the game. And, yeah, not a fun time to be a Williamstown supporter. Um, Essendon 11-12-78, Williamstown one behind. What a different end to the season for Essendon. This time last year, me and Coxie were, kick, we were calling Darcy Vessio kick nine goals, including at one stage she was kicking like eight goals, two to no score against Essendon. You know, she was destroying them single-handedly, where Essendon got absolutely smashed. Amazing. 12 months difference. Okay, Essendon won't make the finals, but to end on such a note like that does give their program some confidence going into 2020. Yeah, they've, they've been good at times um, this season, and yeah, they're all... Almost in a, a similar situation to Darabin, where if the season had been a couple couple more weeks, then things could have been different. But, um, yeah. Let's take this opportunity to take a break here. It's half-time at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. The Southern Saints, 2-3-15. Trail Richmond, 3-1-19. <laughs> Another massive week on The Breakfast Club. It's great to have your company. If you missed any of the good stuff, here's a snippet of what we did. Pat Cannon, he's got a good pan today at Ballarat. Any snow in your world at the moment, Pat? Well, at the moment, half I'm sitting in Phuket, so who knows? Him <laughs> <laughs> and White to discuss the second test and the action so far and what it might mean going forward. Archer, you know, produces 96 mile an hour in a spell. What's it like facing The thing about his bowling, it's obviously quick, but he's very tall and releases it from a very high point, so it's very steep as well, which is probably the most nastiest thing about the whole thing. Blake Crows after their performance against Collingwood on the weekend at the Adelaide Oval of all places with a final spot on the line. 66 points was the margin to the travelling team. Bryce Gibbs was out there living it. How did you feel when the siren rang? Just trying to understand how it happened. With so much on the line, on our home deck, in front of their own fans, with finals on the line, to dish up what we did, it's just frustrating. Western Bulldogs, Marcus Bontempelli, the champ. We've got to win. I think that's been yes, our... very important. Yeah. We've, we've, our mentality since the bye a little bit has just been to look for opportunities to obviously capitalise on momentum. Obviously, being able to protect that momentum is an important one for a young group. Fremantle, new coaching structure will be taking place after yesterday. They announced that Ross Lyon would no longer be the coach. One man who knows Ross better than most is Brendan Goddard. I know he's always said that he's not a career coach, 
So whether he still stays in the footy bubble and goes down the coach's coach role or a football manager or a leadership role within footy clubs, but still got too much to offer in, in my opinion. So it'd be naive and silly just for clubs not to just at least have a chat to him and see where he's at. It's nice to have Dylan Shield with us from the Bombers. Wish it copped yeah. it for, you know, being asleep and not paying any attention against the Bulldogs. <laughs> Did he go up a level? I think that's really unfair on him, because he's pretty consistent regardless of the result. They heard the commentary and I thought it was unfair. <laughs> Jordan Lewis, he's had a good chance to say goodbye this week. He gets ready for that last game. Four flags, there'd be many highlights. Have you got one that's a bit off-centre? I always say the prelim final 2013, just because of the history that we had with Geelong and for us to be down at three-quarter time and come back and win that game. It's a whole range of emotions and I suppose the biggest part was relief. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. If you've had something stolen... Or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens. If you've lost something or found something valuable. Or if you want to register a party or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens. When you need the police but not the sirens, you can now report these incidents online at police.vic.gov.au or call 131444. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. Hi, I'm Frances Peters Little, daughter of legendary singer Jimmy Little. My dad was just like everyone else with chronic kidney disease. He fought it hard for years, but eventually it took his life. My dad would want you to know that kidney disease affects about 60,000 of our mob, but worse still, 9 out of 10 people don't even know they have it. So, even if you don't think you have any health issues, do yourself and your family a favour and ask your doctor or local AMS to check your kidneys. The winter issue of Ladies in Racing magazine is out now with Winx on the cover. Inside, an eight-page Winx special packed with stories and photos. Plus, stories on the Wakeful Club's Lady of Racing, jockey Christine Pauls, Jamie Carr, and Harness Racing's fearless Rainswomen. Ladies in Racing, for those who love the glamour and stories of females in racing. Six issues, starting with the winter edition for only $59, including postage in Australia. Call 1300 783 112 or see ladiesinracingmagazine.com.au. The verdict. I'm with Michael. I think Mystic Journey, I'm not really au fait so much with uh, Tiako Shark. Very few horses win seven straight as the three-year-old she beat the older gallopers well, and that was a top I, I think race. When you haven't got a mega star like wins, I think what you do is you, it heightens your interest in the three-year-olds. The verdict. 9 till 10 Monday mornings. Part of Monday's Racing Park. On RSN 927 for OTI Racing, where sport and lifestyle collide. Find out more at oti.com.au. We can't help it, and we're just like you in every other way. So visit Tourette.org.au. Your club, Craigie Burn Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to plan your special occasion? Craigie Burn's best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Burn Sporting Club. Find out more at craigieburnsc.com.au. 
we go round Victoria for RSN 927's Country Notice Board. It's your statewide heads up on the best racing experiences in all three codes. Andrew Q's whips around Victoria for Country Notice Board. Tuesday mornings at 10 and later on podcast. If you love the caravan lifestyle, you want to keep your camper, pop-top or caravan in top condition. So head to the Bayswater Jayco Service Division. The workshop team are experts in servicing and repairs, including warranty and insurance work. And they can fit your new Bayswater Jayco accessories too. Why not book in for a service today and be ready for the road with Bayswater Jayco. Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater and at bayswaterjayco.com.au. You can talk with Father Gerard Dowling. Welcome to the Family Counselor Program. It's great to be with you wherever you are. We all need a helping hand. It's always great to come in here, spend these two hours with you as you listen. And a friendly voice is just a phone call away. It ends on the line. Hi, Gerard. The Family Counselor Program. We all need someone to talk to. Sunday nights from 10. Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. On RSN 927. Presented by Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. The smell of baking. Routley's Bakery is so good. Why not grab a Routley slice to go with your coffee? Make it a classic apple slice, a bee sting, or a vanilla slice. That's absolute custard heaven. You can make a move on a muffin or go all the way and bite into a wicked Nutella donut. Routley's Bakery's right across Geelong, as well as Eltona, Newport, Williamstown, and Ascot Vale. Fancy a Routley's pie? Of course you do. Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres. RSN Carnival 2. RSN Carnival Digital Radio via... That's RSN Carnival 2, I should mention, because there's RSN Carnival 1, who've got the VAFA finals on today. RSN Carnival 2 for your VFL women's. Plus, of course, the VFL app and WARFradio.com. You're listening to the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day, Round 16, the final round of the home and away season. Southern Saints and Richmond, the Southern Saints, 2-3-15 trail. Richmond, 3-1-19. As you heard before we went to the halftime break, nearing three-quarter time there at Box Hill City Oval. Hawthorne trailed Collingwood by 14 points, and Collingwood, we're going to have the breeze in the final quarter if Collingwood win that game Collingwood at this moment will be minor premiers and host Southern Saints at Victoria Park next week if somehow the Southern Saints can come from behind here they're only four points down the Southern Saints can beat Richmond then the Saints will be back here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval next week for a home final against the Pies it's an interesting situation and I I guess you've also got to remember that yes Collingwood are a very good side and yes they've got the breeze but 
you've got to remember what happened here in the first quarter. The Saints are a good side, and they did not capitalise on the breeze. So... Hmm. We'll see what happens. But, of course, those Saints were in a bit of a tough scrap with Hawthorne last week, and then they put it on in the second half. Let's see what happens here. As we speak at this moment, how results are going, particularly with Hawthorne losing, it appears that Richmond are safe in the final six, and Richmond will be playing finals football. If they win, it'll be a match-up with the Western Bulldogs. I think it's just a case of what happens with the bulldogs Darabin result to find out where that game's going to be. Um, and the VFL will hopefully confirm for us um, uh, uh, by at least late Sunday afternoon what the situation Situation is there. I believe, if I'm correct, don't quote me on this, I believe the elimination finals will be as part of the double headers at Northport Oval with the VFL men's. But don't quote me on that, but we'll find out. Obviously, I think they're waiting for results to come into play and who plays where and what time and, and how they work that out. Because Richmond men, um, I believe top of the table, the VFL men. So I wouldn't be surprised if they actually looked at doing a double header, the Richmond women's, Richmond men. So we'll see what the league comes up with there. The only request, if the league's listening, the only request that I make is that uh, the there's not two games at once. This is that it's evenly spread out, so therefore we can try and cover where possible all the games. Um, and of course, hopefully, if Geelong make the finals, we'll be taking the call from GoFooty.live. They are immediately after this call. GoFooty.live at the final siren. We'll be crossing partway during the final quarter, uh, first quarter, pardon me, to take Geelong and Carlton. A big say on the finals that match. You've got some around the ground scores. Yep, just got a quick update on the Bulldogs, Yarraman. Um Darabin have finally scored again, and the margin is two points in favour of the Bulldogs. And, of course, the breeze coming into play there at La Trobe University. As you mentioned earlier, a big walloping win to Essendon over Weemstown at Windy Hill. So we're not too far away from getting underway for this third quarter. Crowd has built up to around 450 to almost 500. The Gelati van is opposite. And... Temperature's beautiful, but the breeze not quite here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. Two or three goal breeze the Southern Saints will be kicking with in this third quarter. Umpire making sure everything is in readiness to get us underway. Peter Holton and Elise Collette with you. Tomorrow it'll be yours truly along with Lucy Watkin, Nicole Graves and Lisa Roper. Full commentary team on board for Melbourne University NT Thunder. As the ball is taken out by Drennan who ran it about 25 metres forward then got immediately brought down to ground. Melbourne University and NT Thunder right here in Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com from 11am tomorrow at Arden Street Oval will be live on air. In goes Drennan again. Ball went over her head being harassed by Grace Egan on that occasion. Ball of the deck. Umpires pulled out a free kick. So there's a holding infringement, and it's going the way of the Tigers. He was always going to give it to a Saints opponent and go, oh, yeah, it's, it's my kick. Thank you. Uh, did did he just do that confusing thing where yeah, he signalled yeah. both ways? Pointed one way than the other. In fact, it's Gabrielle Seymour, pardon me, with a free kick, and Seymour goes long out towards the centre wing position, came off hands. Tilly Lucas Rod got buried in there. Went with a hurry kick. Grice are chasing after the football. Gets it. Hand pass back over the top to Stewart. Just got away from her. Stewart had to go back and again. Caught by two Tigers, including Laura Bailey. Squeeze it out. Grice is immediately caught and Bailey goes for a second tackle. Brings Grice to ground and the umpire says no opportunity. We'll call for a ball up. Yeah, that could have ended very differently if uh, Grice's handball was a little bit better and uh, she, could, she could have had her teammate... Um, in a good position to run and uh, have a shot. Greiser does the ruck work. Stewart is there. Kick sideways off the boot by the Tigers. Will go over the boundary line. Last disposal rule means free kick to Molly McDonald of the Southern Saints. McDonald uh, signed to the Saints out of the Dandenong Stingrays. 
gets on the left boot, and the breeze is going to take it away and out of bounds in the full. That's interesting to read that breeze, Elise, because it seemed like a very good line it was on, and then the last 15 metres, the breeze just kept pushing it, pushing it, and pushing it further left. Yeah, that's very true. And now that they know that the breeze is doing that, uh, maybe it's the safer option for the Saints when they're trying to head forward, just to kick it a little bit more in line and away from the boundary. As the Tigers have the football through... Conti gets off the hand pass. Emma Horn going up the line, trying to find Brancatasano, harassing her Southern Saints opponent. The umpire says her Southern Saints opponent has dropped the football. And Lucas Rodden, that means Brancatasano gets the resulting free kick. Gets on the right boot. Goes up the line, looking for Frederick. Spalled out of her hands. Kennedy wants to jump in there for the Tigers. On the bottom of the deck there is Grace Egan. Will call for a ball up. Just watching uh, the matchup there of... Uh, Lisa Davey versus Kate McCarthy. And Kate McCarthy has had very little influence on the contest so far. Yeah, that's very true. And um, thinking of a similar kind of player trying to run through the midfield there, it's probably um, um, on Conti for the Tigers. And she's she's had a really good game so far when um, she's actually been on the ground. So uh, the Saints should try and um, work it so that uh, McCarthy can get more, uh, have more of an impact on the game. As... Conti then tried to get into the football. Hurry chain of handballs to Egan. Want to go back to McCoy shot. Stolen away here by the Saints by Thompson. Thompson's awkward kick inside 50 for Greiser, who had to try and take it off the half volley. Slapped it across sideways. Tigers off the side of the boot on that occasion by Kate Dempsey. Now does soccer style. In going with her is Kate McCarthy who tried to run down Davey. Wanted to get across to Dempsey. And Dempsey, it's just come off the tip of her toe. And McCarthy was right on the spot and pointed that to the umpire. That's out of bounds on the full. Free kick going the way to the Southern Saints. Cat Phillips with the resulting free kick. Asked for clear line of sight after a Tigers player tried to step in her way in the interchange gate. Here's a long kick. Sheila comes out and reads it best on the breeze. Takes a mark. Got her about spinning around quickly. Grice says just hold it, hold it, hold it. I think she's saying just go long. So Sheila with the wind up. 52 metres out from goal. Flat mongrel punt just over the head there of Grice. I had support at the back in the player and Vought couldn't quite get onto it. Conti stripped of the football. McCure shot, hurry, kick around the corner, trying to go to the halfback flank. Rushing away with it there, Lisa Davey. Here's the hurry kick towards the boundary line. McDonald chases after it, gets it, wants the one-two back. Tries to give the fend off, got pulled to ground, but got a kick away looking for Greiser. Awkward bounce near her. Conti reads it best, but then slips. Hand pass by Shayla Mars going backwards. Tigers under pressure early. Kennedy goes with an underground handball. Close towards the boundary line. It's over and out. Now, this will be interesting to read. Yes, free kick to the Saints. Because of the last disposal rule, that includes handballs. Mm. That handball on the carpet with no one touching it. Uh, it's a free kick. My understanding is if it's if it's clear who it's come off. Like, um, and that was clear. That was. Yeah. Um, but if it's like a fumble or something, then it's not. But... Who knows? Holding holding in the contest there, Sheila was going for the football against Rebecca Miller. So Kate Sheila is going to have a tough shot on goal. She saw the earlier wonky kick that might help adjust her line up from this particular pocket. She's about two or three metres in on the beach road side of the ground, kicking towards the southern end. Kate Sheila will be kicking from 30 metres out. Sheila... And there was always a hook right off that boot. You could see it was going to go left. Yeah, didn't wasn't the best off the boot, um, but she'll be at least um, thankful that she scored it all. Kick back into play by Fibia Monaghan. Didn't judge the breeze well. Same problems the Hawks had last week. And Caitlin Greiser reads that best. She'll take a mark and go back for a shot at goal. 
Close towards the boundary line in front of our broadcast position, so opposite pocket. 2-4-16, currently the Southern Saints. Trailing Richmond 3-1-19. Five and a half minutes gone, third term. RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com, the home of women's football. And also being streamed by the VFL app. As we wait for Greiser to slowly approach... But she puts boot to ball, will be approximately 45 metres out. She kicks a little further out from 48. Really gives it some air, though. Tries to let the breeze do the work. One bounce and over the boundary line and out of bounds as the ball got away from Lisa Davey. Yeah, not quite sure where she was aiming there, but it was maybe even the better option just to try and get it in the square. And then it could have bounced. Um, but that's how she kicked it. Almost like she wasn't kicking through it to go for goal. It was like she was trying to almost pop it up towards the square and let the breeze kind of do the work. Yeah. Um, the way I saw it was that she wasn't, like, aiming for goal, but maybe aiming for a teammate. Like, she didn't back herself. But um, it is what it is. Sheila took the ball out of the contest and caught McEwa shot high. And all of a sudden, there's a bit of archy-bargy just happening there. A few jumpers being pulled and some uh, friendly conversation being held out there few players swapping insurance details as McEwa shot uh, takes the free kick from the back pocket the breeze blows it around and Lisa Davey manages to read it best while under pressure in the back pocket in front of our broadcast position Davey pops it long going up the line several players jump for it including Monaghan elects to go for the punches there to try and take the football Conti dances around one she found a dancing partner on the second occasion in Sedonry did she get pinned for holding the ball? Or was it a sling? We'll just uh, watch. Yeah, sling. sling. Uh, held without the ball, but... Um, and getting the book out. The book's coming out as well. It's a bit of um, undisciplined frustration here from the Saints. As they blow time to indicate that she's being reported, she's unhappy about it. She's saying, I was trying to take the player down. And, and the umpire's holding up time here to write down the numbers... Interesting to see the umpire's taking the ball off Conti here just to make sure that she doesn't get that sneaky kick away. Well, if the umpire blows time on, it means you can't go anyway. So they don't need to really take the ball off of the player. That's Better, be, better to be safe than sorry, I don't know. Uh, that's weird. Anyway, taken away here by Conti, whose kick up the line is intercepted by Emma Mackey. So Emma Mackey in front of centre wing. Beach side of the ground. Kicks it looking for Shearlaw. Had it and then it just went through her hands. Couldn't quite hang on to it. Conti again racks up the disposal looking for Monaghan who dropped the football under pressure from Bott. In goes Drennan. Drennan picks it up. Has to go with a hand pass backwards. Under pressure looking for Stewart trying to find Bott. She goes to ground. Tigers trying to come off the half back flank here. This is where they're being pegged down. Marsh now working it sideways. Finding Monaghan. Monaghan on the right boot. Going close towards the boundary line, Beach Road side of the ground. Seymour went flying through the air. Saints intercepted. We're trying to look for Drennan. Coming through there was Tilly Lucas. Rod went without the football. Pack quickly forms and will call for a ball up 65 metres out from goal. Uh, interesting um, situation that you find yourself here. We're back back on the, the Beach Road side of the ground where, as you were saying before, Richmond have got a bit stuck in the last little while and oh, as I say that yeah. the Saints are able to get it out of the pack. Mackie McCarthy waited back at the pack not going for the fly here's the hurry kick by Vonna way to the right hand side and will register as a minor score the Saints 2-5-17 Richmond 3-1-19 9 minutes gone in the third term yeah, it was looking a looking dangerous kick off the boot there but um, ultimately it didn't quite uh, go through the goal 
So the Saints kind of dominating play in this third quarter, but not making an impact on the scoreboard as Monaghan comes out from full back. Phillips goes for the football, went to try and punch it, and it came off her hand, and that means it went over the boundary line and out of bounds. In hindsight, it would have been best that she leaved it, but she was under pressure, so mm. had to make that contest. May not have made a difference anyway, as it um, was inside the 50 as opposed to well, outside... Does that still rule exist when the full back kicking it out if it doesn't get touched and it goes out? Oh, um, I don't know. Because remember, they got rid of the, um, uh, of course, the rule where you had to kick it from inside the goal square. Bailey was in there and someone got pushed for the Saints and a free kick going to Hannah Stewart who already has one goal today. You hear the breeze picking up at our microphone? Yeah, it almost looked like the um, the umpire was pointing both ways, ways again there. Gotta love it when they do that, but... Um yeah, they've got to, really got to make the most of this uh, kick here. Hannah Stewart approaches, gets on the right boot away to the right-hand oh, side out of bounds everything. on the full. Um, yeah, it was looking, didn't look like a bad kick, but possibly wind-affected. Here's the kick back into play, looking for Brennan. Went over her head. Caitlin Greiser takes the mark. Greiser elects to play on quickly on the right boot. Pops up towards the goal square and floats back in. And the Saints have hit the front. Oh, good kick. You were talking before about it looked like she was trying to get the win to, um, to do the last bit of work for, and it, it definitely worked at that time. Great kick, and Saints are back in front. You're on RSN Carnival 2, WARFradio.com, and the VFL app. We're 11 minutes into this third quarter, and the Southern Saints, 3-5-23 lead, Richmond 3-1-19. So as it currently sits... With a live ladder, it's Richmond still making the finals because of Hawthorne losing, but the Southern Saints are currently minor premiers. Remember, the side that finishes on top, it will definitely be either Southern Saints or Collingwood. They'll play each other next week, but as we speak, the Southern Saints will be holding a home final here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. I was about to raise the question of what happens if um, both the Hawks and Tigers lose, but um, thank you for answering that for me. Yes, if they both lose, um, the Tigers are still safe as the ball is thrown up in the air and away we go again. Kelly won it, clashing knees there against uh, Edmonds. The umpire says, fending out in the contest. That's an unusual interpretation. I thought they both went for it fairly. But nonetheless, free kick, because it was more a clash of knees. But both were going up and both contested the ball. So it's an interesting interpretation. It's to their own, as they say, and um, it looks like um, Edmonds has definitely come off second best here. She does jarred, not look comfortable. At least jarred the knee out of that one. Monaghan with the ball in front of the scoreboard on the beach road side of the ground, kicking up the line. Came off hands. Mackie there tried to get the fend off. Ball got stripped away from her, or did she drop it? Dropping it, according to the umpire. And it will be a free kick going the way of the Tigers. And they'll elect to come back in board. Hocking now trying to find Kennedy. Oh, under pressure. She dropped it. Kennedy had to get going. Draw two players towards her. Got through traffic. Hand pass just went straight to Greiser. Greiser then kicked it around the corner. Looking for Kate McCarthy. Bounced over her head. She did the shepherding work. A Kate McEwer chat has got some speed. She's going after it. On her hammer. Oh, the ball didn't sit. Oh, great for her. McEwer tried to kick around the corner. Best case scenario. Ball going towards the boundary line. Chasing after Monaghan. They're trying to appeal for deliberate. And it's been paid deliberate. Oh, interesting in terms there. She was under pressure, so I thought she would have got away with it, but according to the umpire, no can do. Mm, like, 
I see what yeah, she was trying to do, and it, she wasn't aiming for the boundary. But she was trying to kick it back into play because she was under pressure and she was on an awkward angle, but the umpire disagrees. Bonahan now kicks it. It's bowling on the breeze. It was almost oh. going to come back from a goal, and then it blew through to the left-hand side. 3-6-24, Southern Saints. Richmond, 3-1-19, 13.5 on in this third term. The kick back into play looking for Katie Brennan. She takes the mark and takes a deep breath. Back from Hawaii, where she had a few weeks of vacation. Her kick, though, over the head of Shayla Marsh, and it just touched her fingertips. So it will not be a free kick to the Southern Saints. And um, The kick for, for Boundary before, I don't think I've... That's probably the most wind-affected kick I've seen all afternoon. It, the hook back on it, similar to Molly McDonald's uh, goal last week. Um, the score's gone to 3-7-26. I don't think that's right. What yeah. Have, what have you got there? I haven't uh, haven't updated it, but I don't think they've kicked four behind this quarter. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's more a case of it was five points or at least six points, the difference. The scoreboard a bit out of whack here. We'll just see if we can bring it up on the app just to confirm for us. As the ball is thrown back into play. Style going after the football, overran it. Mackie chasing after it. Mackie now got it away on the corner of the right boot. It juggled around. 3725. That looks better. Yeah, that, that makes a bit. Umpires pulled out the whistle and set a free kick downfield going to the Tigers. Here we are. I've got, according to the app, 3624 to 3119. That looks more likely. Yeah, th- I think that's right. So we will get that confirmed by the goal umpires at. Three-quarter time. I think the scoreboard was just a little too enthusiastic there for a moment as taken up the line by the Tigers, by Edmonds, trying to find Wakefield. Goal got away from her. Wakefield wanted a second crack at it. Also going there is Jenna Colwell. Umpires blowing the whistle and said too high. Southern Saints free kick in the middle of the ground. Getting up there, Emma Mackey. She's premiership captain with Hawthorne. Now going inside 50, looking for McCure. Shot taken out of her hands by Sedenry. Goes back in for a second crack. Here's the hand pass away to Phillips, who tried to get a hurry kick, but she was getting crunched by Monaghan. And the ball went out of bounds on the full. Yeah, and um, I think that Monaghan didn't didn't get up from that contest very well. But, um, yeah, they've just got to... I was going to say, they've got to try and get it out. But, At yeah. least look like scoring, which that... I don't think it's even been in their 50 all, ga- all quarter. Gone out of bounds on the full then when they were trying to find Dempsey. So again, Grice in a similar position to where she kicked the last goal. She is 35 metres out in front of our broadcast position. Tries the side of the boot. And that is a Barry Crocker. <laughs> that is yeah. out of bounds on the full. Never looked like doing anything. I, like, I see what she was trying to do because she was like directly on the boundary and not the um, easiest kick in the world. But yeah, not... The greatest kick either. Good idea, poor execution. That sums up my batting career and that that kick just then. <laughs> Fitzpatrick now takes it back for the Saints. Tries to go for Sheila, almost put it on her head. Spoiled from behind by Miller and the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. Kate Schiller will get up as on her Twitter handle, not to be confused with the baby giraffe. And also a tragic NBA fan. Not sure what team exactly she follows in the NBA, but she's a, a tragic NBA fan if you follow her on Twitter. As the ball is thrown back into play, front posse brought down by the Saints. Oh, umpire spotted something off the ball here. This is the umpire from a distance said Katie Brennan was being held by Olivia Vesely. So Brennan with the football. 
just pointing Wagons Ho to go forward and that's what she does looking for Sabrina Frederick why not ball just blew away from her Cole had the hands up in the air being brought down to Stuart Kais trying to get onto the end of it Egan goes to the hand pass to Kennedy Kennedy on the right boot Tigers now trying to move it towards their half forward flank but still in the centre of the ground overrunning the football there was Molly McDonald came away now with Kennedy of the Tigers Kennedy trying to go towards centre half forward crash and hitting it at full speed was Wakefield and almost got a bit of whiplash in that one. All I can say about that is, ouch. At the 17 and a half minute mark of the third quarter, Colwell gets up and works it sideways, managing to find Kate Dempsey. Dempsey at the half-forward flank, 55 metres out from goal. Lex to wind up and then go towards the top of the goal square. Wakefield, after being crunched in one, goes to run to the goal square and gets crunched in another one. Someone's going to be needing the ice bath after the game. Definitely. It was a great mark. And it, Richmond have finally got an opportunity to score. But my calculations are correct. This is their first inside 50 for the quarter. And they really have to make the most of it. Because, yeah, otherwise um, the Saints just um, have been dominating the rest of the quarter. If the Tigers kick this, not only will they have the lead, it'll be rather deflating for the morale of the Saints, considering they've essentially dominated this quarter. Yeah, I have to agree. Wakefield hits the woodwork. Wilbur Post. Hello, Wilbur. And that minor score sees the Southern Saints 3-6-24. Richmond 3-2-20. 18 and a half minutes gone here in the third quarter. Coming out of the back line. Taking the mark there. Fiona Stewart now goes up the line. Looking for Cat Phillips. Outmarked there by oh, Monaghan. And trying to take on the player. Coming out. Who got caught. O'Neill with a hand pass over the top. Monaghan goes again and gets crunched for a second time. Coming through then with Stewart to bring her down to ground. She goes in for a third crack at it. And Conti's in there wants to try and get the football out. Umpires come in and says, I'll take the football, please. So in front of both interchange benches, school Katie Brennan uh, having a bit of push and shoves. She's been copying some attention and not too pleased with it. So. I believe that was due to, I think I think that's Monaghan um, getting slung out of the um, their pack. Trying to find Rhiannon Watt, and the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. What comes off, and also nearly had a crack at uh, Brennan, and Colwell's getting stuck into there. So a little bit of tension at the moment between these two sides. 40 seconds remaining to the three-quarter time siren. Already hand pass out. Colwell now coming through. Gives the don't argue. Gets on the right boot. Comes towards the centre of the ground. McEwen Chot will it suit for her? Won't quite. She's just trying to keep it in front of herself. McDonald went with her. McEwen Chot slipped over. McDonald jumped on top of her. Umpire's watching on and says there's no prior opportunity. We'll call for a ball up. Four-point lead to the Southern Saints. 20 seconds remaining to three-quarter time. Then we'll get final scores for you from Hawthorne and Collingwood at Box Hill City Oval. Everyone's trying to jump on top of the footy. Coming out with in the end is Phillips, who kicks around the corner towards the half forward. Monaghan went up, lost control of it. Oh, hurry, snap. Oh, ricocheted to Bahana. Bahana with the snap. How does that look? Bahana from 48 metres out for the Southern Saints has put them 10 points up. Great kick, and um, yeah, it was a great smother. I think that was from Monaghan, but it just bounced straight to Bahana there, and looks like the um, sirens blown in the middle of that celebration there. Right on the three-quarter time siren, the Southern Saints extend to a 10-point lead, 4-6-30 to Richmond, 3-2-20. We're going to find out the fate of Richmond because it depends on a result from the Hawthorne-Collingwood game. We're going to find out very shortly with Callum O'Connor. Just quickly, your thoughts there on the third quarter, Elise Collette. 
Yeah, very interesting. Definitely the Saints quarter. They dominate, dominate the ball, dominate the score. And yeah, Richmond, uh, Richmond have got to have a, a great last quarter. Otherwise, yeah, the Saints are just going to run over the top of them. Southern Saints four six thirty with that goal right just before the siren from Taran Bahana, lead by ten points. Richmond three two twenty. Let's find out what the result was at. Box Hill City over between Hawthorne and Collingwood. Callum O'Connor joins us on the line. Callum, how did it play out? Uh, Pies held off in the end as more or less expected. So 7-4-46, Hawthorne 4-8-32. Hawks actually probably played their best uh, quarter of footy in terms of intensity and uh, strength of ball movement in that last quarter into the win, but uh, too little too late. So uh, Pies the winners and uh, Hawks now saying Hail Marys to make finals. Yes, they need either Melbourne University to lose against NT Thunder tomorrow or they need Carlton to upset Geelong, which is immediately coming up after this game on RSN Carnival 2. Just quickly, your thoughts on some of the better players from that game? So I really impressed, as I said before, uh, Matty Shevlin. I uh, thought they uh, had a fa- fantastic match and uh, probably another one to look for for the Pies is uh, Katie Lynch, who they use primarily as key four, but uh, also has skills at ground level. So uh, for the Hawks, uh, it's hard to pick out players who did well across the four quarters. Rebecca Beeson still remains one of the most outstanding uh, midfielders at VFL W level, but uh, Sarah Perkins uh, worked exceptionally hard, particularly in the second half, at a big last quarter, number three goals. As far as their uh, non uh, AFL experience players, I uh, really did like the books of uh, Claire O'Donnell. So she's been on their list now for three years and uh, doesn't do anything spectacularly, but uh, just one of those players who's first picked every week for uh, value to the team. Really, uh, nuggety holding a roll down. Well, Callum, thank you very much for your work today at Box Hill City Oval. Again, hearing that Callum would have had on to win by 14 points, and we look forward to hearing from you during the VFLW finals. Look forward to it. Good luck, Kate. Thank you very much to Callum O'Connor out there at Box Hill City Oval. So, as you heard the news, Collingwood have beaten Hawthorne by 14 points. What this means, first of all, is Richmond are in the finals. Regardless of how this game plays out, Richmond cannot fall outside the top six. As it sits at the moment, the Southern Saints are minor premiers. However, if Richmond were to run out and win this game and come from 10 points down then Collingwood would finish as minor premiers and host the Southern Saints at Vic Park next week. So, But as it sits at the moment with a quarter to play, the Southern Saints will be hosting Collingwood here in the qualifying final at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. Mm, interesting set of equations. And, yeah, uh, will not be a, a fun next 24 hours for uh, those Hawks supporters. So at the, as we speak at the moment, both sides are in their huddle having their last words the question is what do the Southern Saints need to do to hold on from here and can Richmond turn it on like they did in that second quarter Mm, it's going to be interesting because Richmond do have the win but um, the Saints have almost got to apply that strong defensive structure that we saw from Richmond earlier in the game that their their ball across um, the halfback was really good and they were able to rebound and um, head forward and yeah, they've almost yeah got to do something similar. And I've just got a quick update from the Darabin Bulldogs game. Start of the fourth quarter. I was about to say dead even, but the Bulldogs have just kicked a behind, so they're in front by a point. 
And I'm just letting uh, them know at uh, GMHBA Stadium if Geelong win, they're in the finals. So That'll be a um, handy bit of info to know. In, yeah, if Geelong win, they are in the VFLW finals. And uh, um, due to, of course, um, due to the Hawks' loss as both sides now finally break from their huddles. And we will be going right up to, by the look of it, we'll bounce on 1.30. So we should have our full time at 1.50, which will allow us about 30 seconds to wrap up here. And then after our final siren, in about 30 seconds time, after that final siren, you will go to GMHBA Stadium for Geelong versus Carlton. We'll join them at the six-minute mark of the first quarter. And, of course, if Geelong win... They are in the VFLW finals. Hawthorne could fall out if Melbourne Uni win as well. If Geelong lose, then uh, Geelong cannot make the finals. So simple as that. Geelong must win against Carlton, but the door is now officially open for both Geelong and Melbourne Uni to secure a spot due to Hawthorne's loss. The reigning premiers could be gone. Mm, Yes, cannot wait to see how this final round eventuates. So Richmond will be kicking with the agency of a two-to-three goal breeze. They trail by 10 points. And looking around the crowd of about 500 or so here at Trevor Parker Beach Oval are going to be set for a ripping final. For the crowd that's just come back from the huddle, the news is due to Hawthorne losing to Collingwood by 14 points, Richmond will be playing finals regardless of the result of this match. As the umpire taking their very, very long time to get play underway. Who do you reckon gets up from here? Uh, I am going for the Saints to hang on. I think they're going to park the bus. So as the ball is thrown high in the air, we are underway. Ball is tapped down by uh, Seymour. Quickly got across to Egan. Egan now going long, trying to park herself underneath it as Selena Carlson, originally from the Seaford Tigerettes. She takes the football. Alex to go on the right boot, going up the line. Staying wide, McEwen shot there, Egan. McEwen shot spins around, grab a kick along the boundary line. Picked up by Egan. Egan now going very close towards the boundary, looking for Frederick over and out. Now, was it just before the arc? Yes, it was. So, free kick last disposals for the Saints. If I'm coaching the Saints, my advice is stay wide. It will cost and let the time let the time clock chew up for you. If you're Richmond, you need to start using the central corridor because you want to go long and just create opportunities and put the Saints under pressure. Carlson, long from half-back. Egan was there. Brought down Vesely. Egan again. Hand pass to Conti. Conti shows some candy. Kicks around the corner. One bounce to Kennedy. Got knocked away from her. Trying to jump in there. O'Neill knocked out of her hands. Going in to lay the tackle there is Johnson. Wraps up their opponent. And the umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. One and a half minutes gone in the final term. RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio, WARFradio.com and the VFL app, the home of women's football. Trying to get a hurry kick away there was Johnson. Smuttled off her boot. Brennan is there. And the umpire says, let's throw it back into play. 55 metres out from goal match. Analyst Elise Collette. One thing that Richmond fans would be pleased to see is the fact that um, Richmond are just, just not giving up. Considering the, um, the fact that they're 10 points down, they had a shock in third quarter. You, you'd forgive them for being a little bit dejected, but they're um, they're continuing their intensity from the first three quarters. Egan back to Dempsey. Dempsey now trying to go inside 50, looking for Frederick. Got knocked away from her. Hands trying to come through there and keep the football alive for the Saints was Carlson. Carlson has to try and go back and again. Wanted to concede some ground. Taylor Stahl goes in there, fighting hard with Fiona Steerick. Now Fire calls for a ball up. 
Style formerly of the Bass Coast Breakers. And Fiona Stewart formerly of the Eastern Devils. As the ball is thrown high in the air. Kelly wins the contest down versus Frederick. Kelly goes again, knocked away from her by Taylor Style. Style goes in again, tries to drag the football out, couldn't do so, got away from her. A few Saints jump in there, and the umpire says, It's all locked in, we'll call for the football back. Stewart trying to burrow away through there. Umpire takes the footy back. But Kelly versus Frederick. Frederick with the early jump. Kelly read it best, but reading it off the bounce was. Brennan had to run around in a circle, goes for an awkward hand pass sideways, and that wasn't great football. Trying to go in and pick it up here is Cat Phillips. Oh, met front on contact. Ball hit the ground. Not picked up. Trying to go in there. Thompson taken away here by Monaghan. Let's a swing on the breeze. Almost reading it best. There was Kelly knocked out of her hand. Steer it up against the pocket. Trying to get a hurried hand pass away. Almost got pickpocketed there by Brant Catasano. She stripped of the football. And it goes over and out next to the left-hand point post. Match analyst today has been Elise Collette. Yeah, Richmond were lucky not to give away that um, head-high contact there. But they've um, worked it out. Been good to get it uh, back into their 50 and... They've just got to make the most of this opportunity. Ball is thrown back into play. Frederick took it straight out of the ruck. Maybe caught one high there. Let's watch the umpire. Yes, umpire from the distance spotted that and said that was definitely over the shoulder. So Sabrina Frederick, we know she's got a big boot on her. We know she's got the distance. It's just a question of accuracy. The Tiger supporter with the flags got it up behind the goals to give her a bit of indication of where it's going. Three and a half minutes into this final term. Richmond trail by 10 points. Sabrina Frederick with a shot on goal. She'll be kicking from 45 metres out. Almost a 45 degree angle. In she approaches. On the right. Leads it right. Very nice. And the Tigers reduce the margin to four points. 4-2-26. Richmond trail the Southern Saints. 4-6-30. Four minutes gone in the final term here on RSN Carnival 2. WARFradio.com and the VFL app. Yeah, after a call that could have gone either way, um, Sabrina definitely made the most of the uh, the kick. Didn't deviate dead straight. And, um, yeah, four-point margin could go either way here. So, for the Tigers, they're back in town with this breeze blowing towards their end of the ground. Two or three-goal breeze. Sabrina Frederick-Traub's second goal of the game. As we said, regardless of the result, Richmond will be playing in the finals. They're looking to lock in third or fourth spot and meet the Bulldogs next week. The Southern Saints are looking to win to get the home ground advantage against Collingwood in the qualifying final. Mackey, Egan all over her like a cheap suit. Comes out Johnson. Plays a tackle on Kennedy. Umpire says going nowhere. We'll call for a ball up. Back it was, uh, pardon me, it was Conti at the football there. It was buried deep under. She gives it back. Winning out in the contest there, Gabrielle Seymour. Punched it forward. Phillips all wrapped up. Drennan's wanting it to come out. Seymour laying the tackle. The umpire asking for the football back. So we're between centre and centre half forward for the Tigers. As we saw in the previous quarter, the Saints had, I think, 90% of the ball down in their forward half due to the breeze. Maybe 95% that high. The Tigers will be looking to have that same usage and make better use of it. Brent Catasano got spun around. Went with a hand pass back over the back of the head. Wasn't effective. Drennan's looking nearby. And by blows the whistles. Tilly Lucas Rod gets wrapped up with the footy with Lisa Davy, and we'll reset play. Sixty metres out. Ball is thrown high in the air. Kelly go up against it. Lives out. Egan had it. Went with a hand pass backwards. Picked off by Jemima Kelly. Her kick goes over the boundary line. Couple of bounces. Last disposal free kick going the way of Rebecca Miller of the Tigers. Miller. Five minutes gone. 
in this final quarter goes long and high. Wakefield at the back almost spoiled Frederick, although spoiled each other. Carlson kicked it around a grubber close towards the boundary line. Johnson with a hand pass back looking for O'Neill. O'Neill had to bend over and pick it up and then got it to Drennan. Drennan got pulled down but got a kick away. Was looking for Phillips so they can get it in her direction. Hand pass over the top. Phillips hustled off the football. Has to go back in, Phillips, with speed for another effort. Tried to get it to Drennan, missed her, but had support. And Mackey, who gave it to a teammate, who got immediately run down. And Mackey will receive it, though, as the ball squeezed out. Egan on her hammer. Tigers down. Brennan kicks around the corner, looking for Brand Catasano. Knocked out of her hands. Umpire's blown the whistle and said there's a free kick for a push going the way of the Tigers. Now, that could be a 50-metre penalty, and it wasn't paid because it didn't go back to the player on the full. Mm. That's another one that's open to interpretation because it wasn't like... Well, I mean, the breach took it away, but still the, the rule states you've got to throw it back on the full. Anyway, the long kick in comes off hands. Frederick gives off the hand pass. Here's the hurry kick at goal by the Tigers by Hannah Ibrahim is away to the right. Minus score, 4-3-27 Richmond. Southern Saints, 4-6-30. Yeah, good work there from Sabrina to find the um, the teammate in Ibrahim in space. But um, yeah, unfortunately for the Tigers, they weren't um, able to convert Telly Lucas Rod runs the ball out of the defensive goal square, kicks it long towards Mackey. Now, did any player touch it before it went over the boundary line? Umpire's blown the whistle, the field umpire. He's having a chat with the boundary umpire and signalling free kick. Oh, last disposal rule anyway, because that's outside the 50. I was going to say, which side did it bounce? Well, there's no touch either way. So, it will be a free kick to the Tigers. A long high kick. Brennan direction. Went over ahead. Frederick came crashing at the pack as well. Drennan read the ball best. Come charging through. But a kick may not be that great. Just knocked away by Shayla Marsh. The last second by Molly McDonald. Marsh knocked McDonald off the football. Marsh then goes to ground. McDonald comes over the top of her. Got it to Grice. Grice a hurry kick away. A kick. McEwen shot takes the mark. Has McCarthy coming at her. But McEwen shot got the kick away. Going inside 50. Went over the head. Colwell at the back. Colwell shrugged one tackle. Copped it high. Copped it high. And the umpire says free kick. Former St Kilda Shark Jenna Colwell will be almost up against the boundary line from 15 metres out. Gets up after the whack across the scone and an opportunity to put the Tigers ahead. And remember, if the Tigers win, that means Collingwood will end up being minor premiers and host the Southern Saints at Victoria Park next week. Yeah, not the easiest kick here, but um, yeah, funny things happen sometimes. Jenna Colwell. Comes into the play on the mark. Let's in right beautifully on the breeze. Got it. The oh. goal up high didn't even have to move. Oh, great kick. Here I was 30 seconds ago saying it's not the easiest kick. And phew, nicely done, Jenna Colwell. She made light work of that. And the Tigers go to 5-3-33. The Southern Saints, 4-6-30. Live ladder. Richmond and the Bulldogs next week in an elimination final. The Southern Saints playing away at Victoria Park against Collingwood because they're 4-6-30. But we've still got about 10 and a half minutes of football to play. It can absolutely go either way here. And, um, yeah, the Saints, I don't, has it been in the Saints 50 yet this quarter? Um, no, it hasn't. No, I it hasn't. I don't think so. No, it hasn't. 4-6-30 Southern Saints. Richmond 5-3-33. RSN Carnival 2. WARFradio.com. Trying to get a hurry kick out of the contest there is Emma Mackey. Spalled away from her. Umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. A reminder at the conclusion of this game will be immediately crossing to GMHBA Stadium for Geelong versus Carlton. If Geelong win, they're into the finals and Hawthorne must require Melbourne University to lose. As the kick goes long over the head, it's an awkward Ooh. bouncing football. Uh, 
Conti and it goes through for a minor score. 5-4-34 Richmond, Southern Saints 4-6-30. Oh, if even that had bounced two centimetres the other way, that would have been one heck of a goal. If Geelong lose against Carlton, then Hawthorne are safe. So... Tilly Lucas-Rod to bring the ball back into play for the Southern Saints. Works it wide towards the beach road side of the ground over the head of the intended target in Carlson. And that means a free kick last disposal rule for the Tigers. They play on Monaghan. Now trying to size it up. Brennan knocked out of her hands though. Coming through Conley Thompson. Thompson not much to go to in Greiser. Greiser double team went past her. Cleaned up here by the Tigers in Miller. Miller's hand pass is cut off by Phillips. Phillips got nothing to go to because the Tigers are owning the central corridor. Coming through there is Alice Edmonds. Goes to the hand pass backwards under pressure. Molly McDonald tries to get all over Shayla Marsh. She went to ground. In goes Monique Conti. Lost her feet. Got it over to Monaghan. Monaghan on the right foot going towards the half forward flank. Looking for Colwell. Cut off by Thompson. And the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. Yeah, interesting set of play here. I reckon I reckon Phillips is going to be a crucial um, aspect as to whether the Saints can get it from where it is just outside the Richmond forward 50 to their in, inside their 50 because her run has been has been crucial in setting up previous goals. And keep, you, keep an eye on Darabin Western Bulldogs for me, please, as the ball is now in the Brennan direction has got knocked her way she tries to pick it up Mackie on her hammer manages to keep the football in play to Edmonds Edmonds with a hot potato hand pass over the top trying to find Cody Jacks coming through there is Samantha Johnson Johnson wants to go towards centre wing McEwen shot kind of half went at the football then pulled up at the last second Greiser was coming through couldn't quite pick it up as well Molly McDonald does get the football got to go back around in a circle though kicks on the left boot comes in towards the central corridor trying to find Kate McCarthy ball bobbled away from her Tigers under all kinds of pressure as Stewart comes in to lay the tackle hand pass came out, then a hurry kick away by the Tigers towards the centre half position got away from Frederick and Wakefield, there's a punch by the uh, Saints getting it to Shannon who quickly got it across to Watt, Watt wanted to go towards centre half back, they're really caught in their own back half here, the Saints, uh, as the ball is now held up, 50 metres out from the Tigers goal. Uh, just quickly, out of Latrobe Uni, uh, the Dogs are nine points ahead of the Falcons. So at the moment the Dogs will finish third and Richmond will finish fourth in that equation Trying to get it out of there, O'Neill. Oh, pardon me, it was, yes, it was O'Neill. Got stripped the football. Conti had it, though. And then she coughed it up to Vesely. Vesely's kick was smuggled off the boot. Umpire off the pack has spotted a free kick for two high. Now, which way is he pointing? He is pointing towards the Southern Saints. And it will be a free kick taken the way of Molly McDonald. The former Danny Nong Stingrays footballer, McDonald, now goes in the direction of Emma Mackey. Last year's Premiership captain with Hawthorne. Seven minutes remaining in the game. Mackey has the ball. Defensive side of centre wing. Elects to draw the play towards a dangerous hand pass. Goes back. Now has to go towards Thompson. Thompson now tries to go towards Tilly Lucas right in the centre of the ground. Ball went over her head. Hannah Ibrahim chasing after it. Ibrahim out momentarily. Shannon went through. Held without the football. She kicked it off the carpet. Umpire set over it. Play on. Tigers now intercept through Egan. Egan goes to centre half forward. Kicks it long towards the goal square. Nobody home. Mark taken by... Rhiannon Watts, you said captain, I said Watts, now goes close towards the boundary line, trying to find Thompson, dropped it, but had support there, oh dear, Clara Fitzpatrick's kick is out of bounds, at least uh, last disposal for a kick to the Tigers, at least Colette. If you use that Captain Watt joke one more time, we're going to have to press that button. Thank you. Thank you very much. As the kick now by the Tigers goes deep inside 50 towards the hot spot, 20 metres out. Umpires pulled out a free kick too high, going the way of the Saints. 25 metres out from defensive goal. 
and what with the footy looking to go towards Telly Lucas Rod who read the ball best had to get going before Frederick came at her her kick holds up in the breeze but a mark taken by O'Neill who just pulled up a little bit lame after that kick with a bit of a limp and then O'Neill going in the Greiser direction is that Greiser or Kelly out there looks like Greiser but I guess the Saints here have just not got to rush it if they rush it it's more likely that the um, ball's going to get intercepted. Sheilor comes in and lays a big tackle almost on centre wing. The umpire will call for a ball up. Five minutes remaining in the game. Southern Saints 4-6-30, Richmond 5-4-34. The conclusion of this match, we immediately go to GMHBA Stadium for Geelong and Carlton. A final spot on the line for the Cats. They must win. As going in there was Greiser, dispossessed. Tigers through Brennan. Goes inside 50. Awkward bouncing ball trying to find Wakefield. Immediately run down on that occasion, Ibrahim. And the umpire calls for the football back. So we're 35 metres out from the Richmond goal. They lead by four points. 5-4-34 to 4-6-30. Ball is thrown high in the air. There's the punch. Colwell chasing after the football. Can't get there. Bounced off of it. And the ball just clips the post on the way out. That's the left-hand point post. And that means we'll have a throw in. You almost feel that whoever gets the next goal, the next goal is going to be a match-defining goal. If it's Richmond's potentially game over, they're almost yeah, at be. that... Saints um, won't be able to. Almost at that point. Whereas if it's a Saints goal, then... Yeah, they're in front, and um, yeah, it could make things very interesting. Brennan now reads it off the pack, tries to dribble a kick forward. Go on there as well, and it sneaks through for eight points. Richmond 5-5-35. Southern Saints 4-6-30. Four minutes remaining in the game here on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com. Kai's to bring the ball back into play. Did it well. Spotted up Thompson. McCarthy is pushed up the ground. She's calling for it. Oh, and there's too much on the kick. In comes Kennedy, knocked away from her. Kai's chased up the kick, then went with a kick that went 15 metres forward. Sheila crushed it by McEwer Chop. The umpire says, did not have the football. And it will be a free kick as Sheila just slowly gets up off the ground. Half-back flank here for the Saints. Three and a half minutes remaining. Sheila on the right boots. Minor premiership on the line here. Her kick is intercepted. Taken by Miller. A very nice intercept there from um, Rebecca Miller. And the, uh, Richmond have just got to make sure they create the option. And, yeah, like the Saints, don't rush it. Miller goes long in the forward line. Ball's bouncing awkwardly. Colwell, and it goes over and out. Draws in the equation, is it? As, oh, God. As at the moment, with two minutes, 50 seconds remaining. Ball deep inside Richmond's forward line for the throw back into play. The Tigers are leading 5-5-35. The Southern Saints 4-6-30. Umpire, I suppose the whistle, just to sort the things out between the nominated rucks. Frederick just does away with her opponent. Tries to keep it off the carpet straight to Colwell, who trapped it straight away. She got dispossessed of the football. Her kick around the corner. Snap here by the Tigers by Wakefield. Makes them an even goal ahead. Means the Saints need two scoring shots to get ahead. 5-6-36 Richmond. 4-6-30 the Southern Saints. As it sits, Collingwood will be hosting the Southern Saints next week in the qualifying final. 
Kai's goes for a run out of defence, goes long. Mackie spoiled from behind. Monaghan, probably Style tried to go with a big swipe. Vesely, hurry kick towards centre wing. Awkward bouncing football. Trying to attack it though. Damon knocked away from her. Drennan goes in there, tries to fight and get it out. Conti rats her up. Ball spills out of the pack. Fighting in hard for it there is Sedonry. She can't extract it. The umpire says ball up. You mentioned the draw before. I've just done the quick maths. And if it is a draw, it's a Collingwood home final. Absolutely. As the ball is thrown up in the air. Kelly trying to come through there. McCarthy. McCarthy smothered immediately off her boot by Shayla Marsh. In goes Kyes. Wraps up her opponent and a ball up. Minute and a half remaining in this game. No free kick going the way of the Tigers out of that. Immediately after the final siren, we are crossing to GMHBA Stadium in Geelong. We'll be joining at the six-minute mark of the first term for Geelong versus Carlton. Again, if Geelong win, it puts Hawthorne in the danger zone. And Geelong will be playing finals. If Geelong win, then Hawthorne need Melbourne University to lose on Sunday. We've got that game from 11am. And if Geelong lose, then Hawthorne are safe. So, the umpire gives the hurry up. Says, get cracking. Frank Catasano. Shock and kick off the side of the boot. Looking for Conti. Bounced away from her. And now, was it outside the arc or inside the arc? I believe it was inside. So, it will be thrown in. 30 seconds to go in the game. Richmond 5 6 36. Southern Saints 4 6 30. Stand by. You'll hear our holding signal, and then we'll be going to GMHBA Stadium in 60 seconds. The ball is thrown back into play. Misses out in Mackey. Colwell, hurry kick. Kelly off her boot, going nowhere. McDonald. Coming through Brennan. Brennan and around on the right boot, looking for Frederick. Bounced away from her out of bounds. Elise Collette, thank you very much for your company today. Thank you for having me. I'm Peter Holden. Richmond are in the finals playing the Bulldogs next week in elimination semi. Collingwood will host the Southern Saints at Victoria Park. Collingwood will finish as minor premiers. We await for the final siren. It's over. Richmond 5 6 36. Defeat the Southern Saints 4 6 30. Quickly goal kickers for Richmond 2 to Frederick. Singles to Conti, Stahl, and Colwell. For the Saints, singles to Vot, Stewart, Bahanna, and Greiser. Richmond are in the finals. Southern Saints will finish second. 5 6 36 Richmond. Southern Saints 4 6 30. On the other side of this, Geelong and Carlton from GMHBA Stadium. The VFL Women's Match of the Day is a volunteer production by Women's Australian Rules Football Radio for RSN 927's digital channel Carnival 2. Daniel Hufford leads the Breakfast Club. Monday mornings, Rodney E joins the Breakfast Club reviewing all the weekend's footy. Rodney E, he's the Monday analyst, back this Monday morning from 7 to 8 on RSN 927's Breakfast Club.